in a world where combat sports changes on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Lafayette Law is so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Vikings jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak. That absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful, 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 Stephen Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Round, uh, episode 48. There you go. That'll work. Um, sorry, we're running a little bit late, and sorry we missed you guys last week. Uh, we had some stuff come up, but we're here this week, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. How you fellas doing tonight? Doing really good, man. Got playoff basketball right now. That's killing all wrestling programs, but it's been very exciting right. to watch, so definitely a good night so far. Excited to be on here again. Our program as well. <laughs> Hopefully not too much. We can bring some people in here for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Been good, man. Tired. Having to wake up early for the first time in a long time and get through with this, this work training that I've been doing so that I can get back to working from home in a few days, which I'm looking forward to. But, uh, but yeah, everything everything's going good. Good to be back here this week. Uh, sorry once again to y'all uh, that we had to take last week off, but it was kind of the perfect week to take off. There wasn't a ton to talk about, and me and Doug, me especially, I, I was just fried from from what I've been up to the last couple of weeks. Um, I'll be here for about an hour tonight because I do have to wake up super early tomorrow, but I didn't want to miss another week. And we also got Brandon here to hold it down after I'm off the show so him and Doug can talk about a whole bunch of stuff for y'all as well. But, uh, yeah, happy to be back tonight. For sure. So, Stephen, uh, what did you think about your draft? I'm happy. I mean, it was weird as hell seeing them continually trade backwards. Yeah. Like that yeah. was weird, but they've got all the positions that they were looking for. And I really like that Lewis scene kid out of Georgia at safety. Yeah. Like he looks, he looks legit. So um, it looks like, it looks like they mainly were kind of like plugging holes for like immediate needs. Like some of these guys are going to be starting and that we just mm -hmm. drafted, which I like that approach. Um, the only thing I don't like is that we traded with the we traded with the Lions and then we traded with the Packers and they both wound up getting like studs out of those trades that could like definitely come back to bite us in the ass later on. So yeah, but outside of that, I was happy with who we drafted. I know Brandon had an interesting draft night. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ever gonna forgive the Tennessee Titans, honestly. But go ahead. I you know, I meant to text you and just say apologies for that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that, like one of the that was what, a uh, drop the f bomb when I saw that on the uh, on the the Twitter because um, I didn't wait to see it on TV. I saw it on Twitter and I was just like, "Oh my god, no!" Because they already got Jordan Davis, and then for them to get AJ Brown too, I was just like, "God damn, Howie, Howie Roseman, he's the GM for the Philadelphia Eagles." But go ahead. Yeah, I, I wasn't even watching a draft. I was watching, you know, basketball. Chris Paul was going yeah. 14 for 14. Everything was awesome. I was having a good night. I had a steak <laughs> for dinner. I was like, I'm chilling. Like, this is a really good night. And I get a text on the phone, and I'm just like, it's a, it was a smack in the face. Like, there's no way. And I go, and you look on Twitter, and you see that blue check mark, and you see that trade. It's just like, what happened? And it was right. just like, I, I think every Titans fan was just like, you know, what the F? Like, what's going on here? But as you saw, like, the weekend progress, you can kind of see, like, the vision that they're going to have. Like, obviously, they mm -hmm. plugged the holes that we did need with, like, tight end and, like, corner and, like, the tackle mm -hmm. and everything. And then we drafted the quarterback out of nowhere. And, again, you can kind of see. That, that one's a whoa. Yeah, especially at the comments today. Um, but you can see that <laughs> yeah. maybe not for right now, but, like, for the future, this is what this draft was about. And this is this is not have been, like, their plan going into this. But they yeah. have to kind of course correct and make sure that they're good to go on there. So, you know, I think John, you know, he wants to set up the team so that way we compete all the time, kind of like the Steelers mm -hmm. and Patriots and everything. So, 
you know, AJ Brown is the best wide receiver we've ever had, and he was mm-hmm. the best offensive player, even with us having Derrick Henry, the best offensive player we have. And again, to lose him, it was like a super slap in the face. I told Steven, I have a crispy AJ Brown's jersey in my, oh. my closet right now. I've won it one time on the game that we lost in the, the playoffs. So it feels like it has that stench on it. Dude, I'll tell you um, what, but, Brandon. I'll tell you what, Brandon. This is an Adam Thielen jersey that I got like with like two weeks left in last season, and I was like real nervous during free or during uh, this whole off season when. I, luckily, he extended, but I was almost in the same boat with my jersey, man. I feel for yeah. you. I'm still gonna wear it because it's brand new. Yeah. And it's good looking jersey, so I'm still gonna wear it on there. <laughs> but again, they course correct, and I'm 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 definitely feeling a little bit better after the draft for sure. Well, and I'll tell you this, like, I wanted Traylon Burks. Uh, that That's who I wanted as a wide receiver for the Cowboys. So you guys got him. The only thing about him is I would be a little bit nervous about him being the guy. But let Robert Woods kind of lead the way and then let that kid learn, and, and they'll be good. But, I mean, he's a, he's a really big kid, strong body wide receiver. And it's like his 40 isn't that fast, but, like, his game speed is fast. And so I, I think that he'll turn – like – and what's funny is his pro comp was AJ Brown and like right. Debo Samuel. And so it's like they basically just traded him away to get a cheaper AJ Brown, is the is wow. kind of what the goal is. But I, I find it interesting because certain teams are now showing you that they're not willing to pay a wide receiver when it gets to this high of an amount. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the teams that do choose to pay a wide receiver that much and the teams that don't, and then which philosophy kind of works out in the end. You know what I mean? I'm worried about that with Justin Jefferson in a couple of seasons, like, cause he's going to yeah. want to get paid and like, he's yep. going to deserve that money. And the Vikings C. C. have Lamb also, we're, yeah. we're going to be in the same boat. The, the, the Vikings have basically decided to just like, kick the can down the road just a little bit longer they've, they've sold out basically like to win within the next like two years basically and then people's contracts are going to be coming up on their extensions and jefferson's going to have to get paid and who knows going to go on with alvin cook is like you know you you can't you, we, we run so many we run so many running backs along with him that we just can't continue to pay him the type of money he's going to want i mean it's so we are going to want out of that deal. Every yeah. every team yeah. that has paid their running back has now regretted it and wants out of the deal. And I feel like it's going to just be a matter of time. We're going to eat a bunch of money to get out of the Zeke deal, but we're going to get out of it. Like uh, Stephen Jones pretty much hinted at that as well at the press conference, which I thought was kind of funny. He was just like, well, Pollard's a free agent next year. And, uh, you know, Rico, we won't have either. And then Zeke makes a lot of money. So it's like, Okay, I know what you're going to do. That's great. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting how teams have certain philosophies and how they want to do things. I love the draft. It's one of the best times of the year for me. And so it was really fun seeing how everybody did their thing. I think the trades that are going on in the NFL are crazy, unprecedented. Um and then one thing that worries me about like guaranteed money is you're not going to be able to have that type of movement if if the contracts are guaranteed like fully. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt because Sean Watson and some of these guys have really screwed up the the way that they've been paying players. And I, and I don't know who's all going to be on board with that. So very interesting times. Well, good luck seeing AJ Brown twice a year. Can you imagine AJ Brown going full steam steam at like Trayvon Diggs? Like Trayvon is not, he's a business decision guy, like up in the air, he'll try to get the catch, but Right. He is not about to like 
you know, try to tackle that. So I'm not looking forward. The only thing I do remember is AJ Brown was injured quite a bit, right? Very much so, so like yeah. I feel like his body, as it keeps getting older, will probably just get worse and worse. Cold weather a lot in Philadelphia too. So um that's kind of what I'm hoping for, honestly. Cause uh but I mean we've got threats too, so I'm not overly concerned. And we had a huge gap, right? Like we swept the Eagles, we swept the entire division six and oh. So they had to do something, and, and I think they did. So it's definitely going to be a much more competitive division. But I'm kind of glad to be in the competitive division because I feel like when you're in a not competitive division, you don't push your team as hard as it should be, right? You're just like, oh, we got this, you know. So it's uh, it's interesting. But I know not everybody came here for football talk, so we'll get on to um, backlash, I guess. We're going to preview that first. I don't know how you've been watching Vince lately, Brandon, what you like to call WWE. Um, have you been paying attention? First of all, we haven't heard your. What was your thoughts of WrestleMania? Did you enjoy it? Uh, how, how are you? How were your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I thought night one was like awesome. Um, yeah, for me, it was the best. I've always said the last great WWE show was WrestleMania thirty one. I think like for sure, like that's the last great show. They've had some good ones for sure, but as far as mm-hmm. great, that's been the last one. And I definitely thought that night one of this past year's WrestleMania was like really on that level for sure. Um, everything yeah. wasn't great, but everything didn't need to be great. The stuff that you were interested in was like the really awesome stuff. And obviously seeing Cody there was surreal, but it was a really cool moment. Um, no matter what happens with his career in WWE, like he'll have that moment and he should live with that forever. So it was really awesome. Right. Night two was not as good. It wasn't bad, uh-huh. but it wasn't as good. Um, but I thought overall it was it was fine for sure. As far as like WrestleMania, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, obviously last year I didn't even watch it, so this year I gave it the time yeah. of day. And I definitely yeah. I, did, I definitely didn't have a problem with that. And the whole weekend now, I thought did WrestleMania you watch weekend it, was awesome. Did you watch it because Cody and Stone Cold were those the main factors, or did you watch it because you're like the hell that I got nothing else to do, or how did you? I, I watched it genuinely because I was excited to see some of it, not everything, but I was excited to see Cody. I was excited to see. Austin, uh, McAfee. I was excited to see that stuff for sure. And then again, there was going to be a full crowd this year, which last year I knew it wasn't going to be. And that took me out of watching it as well. And again, just that whole pandemic era of WWE, I just wasn't into. So again, I definitely had some interest just getting back excited to watch WrestleMania weekend. Like I said, the whole weekend together was, was really cool. Yeah. Like me and me and Bill, I mean, we we left that arena or the whatever was stadium, and and I kind of looked at each other like, did that really just happen? Like, was that good? Because I think it was right. good. You know, like it was one of those things where it was like hard to accept. It. It's funny too because going in, like, just you could hear through all the conversation over the weekend and everything. Like, everyone thought night one was gonna suck, and everyone thought night two was gonna be like the real ticket show, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be the complete opposite. And being there two nights, I I promise you, I I do not like two night WrestleMania. Sure. Like it is a drag. It it takes away all the excitement, the hype. Like when you get there and you're like in awe of everything and the set and all that, right? Like you have all that, dude. When you go there the next day and you pay parking again and you make that same walk and you walk to the same entrance in the stadium and like you're just like sitting in the same seats because it's dual like it's dual tickets so it's the exact same seats you're sitting in the same spot like it is not like uh this whoa moment right it, it really is uh 
it's it's cool for the audience at home because you do get a fresh crowd on TV. So that makes sense. But even then, like, I'm not popping the same as I was popping before. Like, I'm just like, yeah, all right. You know, like the Triple H pop got me right, right off the bat. Sure. And then after that, like, I'm going to wait a while before you get a good pop out of me. You know what I mean? So, um, and it was weird too, because like I had been around WW, like AEW fans, because I, I've been to six AEW shows before I'd even gone to a W or seven before I'd even gone to a WWE show. So like I have been used to that type of crowd, been going to indie shows, GCW and stuff like that. And like, just to see them pop for like, a splash off the top rope. Like they're completely <laughs> trained different. Like at any little athletic move impresses them. And they're like, Oh wow. And I'm just like, it's not the same is- vision of wrestling. And this is something I'm training myself to understand where the WWE yes. fan, they're not going to see wrestling the way I see it. And I'm, no. I, I feel like I'm okay with that because I'm enjoying so much of the wrestling that I watch. If they want right. to like that stuff and like the DQ finishes and the, the count out finishes and everything, that's fine. I don't get it, but that's not for me to get. If they want to enjoy that, that that's fine. And that's kind of what I took from that as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like it's not like I like it's not like I have a problem with it. It was more just like an epiphany. Like, oh, these people bought tickets to come with their re- their replica belts and talk about to salute their tribal chief. Like that's what they came here for. That's that was their moment, right? Like they didn't care about how great a match was or how many kickouts there were or whatever like they came to see their superstars you know it's different what's your thoughts Steven? yeah no I, I completely agree and you know to be honest now that i'm thinking about it because i'm looking over this wwe um wrestlemania backlash card right now for the first time i have legitimately yeah. not watched i have not watched any wwe since wrestlemania like the last thing i've watched is what we're talking about right now so like right I uh, but I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh okay. Um, we saw, like this is the pretty much the WrestleMania card just again. Like it's like it's all the, it's all the same matches. Like I'm just not with, seeing with, this with a little bit of gimmicks here or there. Like you know, like yeah. uh, what is it? I quit match Ronda and Charlotte or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're just lazy. <laughs> like they're so <laughs> lazy, and they 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 can afford to be lazy because yes. people still go to the shows. People are going to pay the 10 bucks for the peacock so they can afford to do that but it just it's disheartening when the biggest company is not doing their best when all of these other companies are trying on there but, but like you said like it's... you said brandon and like that's the thing though is like we have so many options now that it's just like just whatever like if WWE gets good again like i'm at least somewhat interested because cody's back there but i'm not interested enough yeah. to sit through like five hours of WWE every week or three hours for raw or whatever you know like no I'll way. find Cody's segment on YouTube for you know two minutes or whatever. Okay, cool. That's what Cody did. That's all I wanted to see. Someone tells me something good happened. Okay, I'll watch it on YouTube the next day for a couple minutes. That's that. But like because it's like that, luckily we have so many damn options. And that's the best mindset I think to have, is what you're just saying. And I think a lot more wrestling fans need to be like that. Because I try to be like that as well. I know Doug tries to be like that too. Where like I don't even get like caught up in like social media discourse on like people fighting over companies because it's just like I get that you just see it differently than I do. And like my opinion isn't better than anyone else's opinion, but like it's not worth fighting over. You know what I mean? Like it just is what it is. Well, and it's like the college versus the NFL or college versus the NBA. There are people that are going to live and die by college and there are people that are going to live and die by the pros and they like it for different reasons. 
and you're not going to change their mind. It's the same sport, but it's, it's about what they like about the sport. Right. And universally there's similarities that we both can enjoy. So when there is something as big as Cody Rhodes debuting or Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back, like we're all on board. Right. But it's not always going to be that way when you're talking about like, if you're going to compare like WrestleMania backlash to double or nothing, like these are two totally different shows and different experiences. Right. So um, it's, it's interesting, but yeah, it was, it was kind of trippy, especially being there, you know, to see all the indie shows and, you know, to be in that environment and then to go to that, it was just like seeing something, completely different that really isn't pro wrestling and i think that's why vince holds on so much to it being sports entertainment and not pro wrestling because we're not that you know that's that's what they want to be viewed as is more of that entertainment company where a logan paul can show up or a jackass thing can be done or bad bunny can participate like they want to be more hollywood than just a pro wrestling company you know what they, i mean they just want to be a, a globally recognized brand like they want that logo to be the same as when you see me when you see mcdonald's arches you know what i mean like you right. know what it is it's recognized and it's it's a prestigious thing to be a part of like that's they've, like they've done a good job of doing that the right. um i can't think of who won i watched the freaking fight the, the women's fight this past saturday oh Serrano they had, and, uh, they had the belt for her there right there she took a picture and we've been saying all along this ugly belt they've been using this for so long but it's that big logo right there and that's all they want and yes. that's what they're going to keep doing just to get the name out of there trying their best to be pop culture well and exactly. it's smart too because becky is there for the irish right so with katie taylor she's affiliated with her and bianca was there for serrano like they made sure that or uh yeah bianca they made sure that like each one had their purpose of being there and why they were there but like they want to be part of pop culture that is clear as day and honestly we've talked about this too but like i think pat mcafee is huge for that i think he sets the standard for that like when you're seeing like ian rapaport who always is reporting about you know nfl news and stuff telling him great job at, at you know smackdown or WrestleMania or Aaron Rodgers gives him props for WrestleMania. Like that speaks volumes to people that all of a sudden, like, oh, wrestling's okay. And like, even on Twitter and stuff, I've noticed that a lot of sports fans, like either WWE or AEW, like they they are paying attention more now because I think guys like Pat McAfee have made it more socially acceptable. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, I've said this before, but like, and I honestly believe this, and I mean, I honestly mean this is a giant compliment. It doesn't sound like it at first, but Pat McAfee is probably the worst technical, like, professional wrestling announcer I've ever heard in my life. Like Don, like Don West levels of like, really is like trying to figure it out on the fly type stuff. But he's incredible for what the WWE needs on commentary. Like, you need guys like that, I think, in a like, because Don West and Mike today was my favorite commentary team ever and it was just because it was one dude just marking out going crazy for what he was seeing and the other guy knew everything about what was going on and like could like pull him back in so i think mcafee like fits that perfect where 
you could be a totally new casual WWE fan that's like never really even gotten into the product and you hear him the way that he's reacting to stuff and you're like just having fun listening to him and like when they show him doing the Nakamura stuff and it's like it's he's he's an entertainer and then the guy can wrestle he can actually have payoffs to this stuff and like actually have good matches which that's incredible too like, I can't believe how good he is in the ring yeah absolutely uh, Doug, to answer your original question, I have not been watching <laughs> a lot of okay. WWE. Uh, I watched okay. a little bit here and there. I saw Cody have a count-out victory on Raw, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. same thing, just looking at Twitter clips, YouTube clips of uh, that. Well, it's funny too, right? I was, like, I was like, well, they showed Cody and Kevin Owens at a dark match. They didn't actually show it, right? And then they did Cody and Kevin Owens, and I didn't care enough to even watch it. So I was like, whatever. I, obviously, I'm not into this if, like, Cody and Kevin Owens are going to have a match and I don't even care. So I knew right then and there, like, it wasn't going to happen. But I will give the benefit of the doubt. Like, this weekend we have Cody on the Stone Cold podcast, which I think is going to be really good. And then we also have uh, WrestleMania Backlash, which I think is going to be um, an entertaining show, and hopefully it'll lead to more clarity about possibly what we're going to see at SummerSlam. So um, I'm I'm not saying I'm looking forward to it, but I'll check it out. There's times where I absolutely just won't even watch. I don't even care, but I'll check this out, see if, see what it's like. So I guess, do you, do you have the card pulled up, Steven? I do. I do. Right, I'll, uh, let's, let's go over this. Let, I'm going to read through all the matches real quick. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we can talk about some like, but I just want to tell you the full card, just, just to really soak in the point of like, we just saw this at WrestleMania. It's mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley versus Omos, mm-hmm. Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss, which it was, it was, Drew McIntyre was involved in some way at WrestleMania, but it was based on the same story. He was in the match. Yeah. Yes. Um, we have AJ Styles versus Edge, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Like, all these matches just happen. And then the other one is um, six-man tag team match. Drew McIntyre and RK-Bro versus mm-hmm. the Bloodline. Like, the Usos and, mm-hmm. uh, and Roman. Which is basically just, like, a mashup of, like, everything they've kind of been doing. Probably anyways. So well, It was supposed to be the unification match. The, the titles, it was supposed to be RK-Bro versus the Usos in the unification title yeah. match. And then they scrapped that and added the other two guys in there. Probably because they realized that... You should, I mean, they really should save Roman and Drew for that stadium show that they're going to have later on this year. It just makes sense to, to put it there and not do it so in soon. In the UK? So, yeah, that's at least what I would, yeah. I would think to do. So, yeah, they just put yeah. together this match here. Yeah. Also, real quick, mm-hmm. I'll throw this out there for people in the chat. I'll, we can give away a Wrestle Rumble uh, entry for this show. Um, if you want to pick a winner at the end of the show, Doug, just like pick okay. someone out of the chat, figure out a way of doing it. But I'll, uh, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll get someone who's watching this um a free wrestle rumble entry uh, and i think it's a thousand dollars cash for the yeah it is it's a thousand dollars cash for the winner um it's like a pick'em contest for wrestling so um so yeah we'll give away an entry during the show since we're, since we're making some predictions uh here tonight even though we don't sound that enthusiastic about it but it's you know we, we will give our thought as as people who might not watch weekly anymore i think the combined knowledge of us watching for decades we kind of have a feel for as uh, the, as uh, Brandon would say, the way Vince Jr. would 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 probably, uh, what directions they would probably take, uh, you know, the company after these matches. So, not that I care. Sure. Is there is there any type of uh, gimmick or steps to that Bobby Lashley and Omos match? I do not see any listed on my so. truck. So just I, a I am, straight I, up match again. Yeah, yeah, baby. 
I am, I am looking at Wikipedia, um, which is usually pretty reliable for this stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just says singles match for Lashley and Omos. This basically looks like a way of just getting Omos the win that he didn't get at WrestleMania for whatever. I don't know why they wouldn't just do it at WrestleMania. I don't know why they would have Lashley beat Omos again. They killed Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania with the, the back <laughs> of his head on that post. Like, oh, so, so, so Brandon, Brandon, like when he lost to Lashley... Like, or when Lashley beat him, didn't it kind of seem like they could have just let him go? Like, at what point does this experiment not work? Once they find someone that size, another guy, they will let Omos go. As soon as they yeah. can get it in the recycle, they, they'll let him go. Does talent matter, though? Like, this guy no, is... It doesn't. Not really. We've had this conversation Bruh. so many times on this show. How, like, How do you <laughs> feel about Sing? How, what was your gut feeling when you saw Sing in that ring? Well, we, we talked about it. I thought that obviously the execution, the lights off, was just dumb. Like in looking Terrible. at hindsight, it was just not good at all. The when he came back the next time on Rampage, I thought he was presented a little bit better for sure. Um, I'm not excited. I don't necessarily think he's gonna wrestle all that much. He might just be a heater for Jay Lethal, and that's probably not gonna last too long on there. So again, I'm giving the benefit. I feel like AEW has the benefit of the doubt for me. Like I I feel confident to trust yeah. them on what they're going to do. All the stuff that they've done in the past because the Dark Order, the Nightmare Collective, uh, the bomb not going off. They've always been able to course correct and, and, and be able mm. to move on from that. And I think this is even though, I, again, I don't put that necessarily in the, that category. I feel like they'll be able to figure out a way out of this for sure. But, yeah, I mean, between Singh and Omos, they got these big lumbering guys around here and just like not good. I'm not a fan of it at all. Yeah, we're we're past this at this point. Like talent now is a key factor in pro wrestling. And if it's not, then you usually belong in the other company. You know what I mean? Like I, I I've already gone off on this, but I, I was just curious about the Omos thing. But go ahead, uh go ahead, Steven. Um what where are we at on the card? Or did you just read off the whole thing and we're just gonna respond to whatever? Yeah, I'll 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 go through some I'll go through the rest of the matches. I just wanted to uh get all of them out there all once real quick just to prove the point of like how similar this is to wrestlemania like when you hear it all together it's like damn i feel like we just watched this i mean even before you go back through i think just the most interesting thing off of there is just the cody and rollins rematch it's probably the yeah. one that i'm you know would, would want to see again like all the other ones like i can tell you right now i'm i don't care about edge like i think edge is pretty boring right now i think that group with with priest is not very good did you see the thing with priest where he had that match with aj styles where the lights went off and he was in the ring and they just cut the commercial and they come back and it's just they moved they completely moved on and i'm just like dude this this is really this is like house of torture style you know i I wish they can combine those two groups together (laughs) um but again i I would think for me the rollins and cody match is probably the most intriguing thing on there who's better right now evil or edge the fact that you have to think about that is that's messed up. <laughs> yeah, I, I never thought we'd be in this position with Edge, but I'm kind of serious. Yeah, almost, were you almost, were you happy one. with Edge when he came back, Brandon, or were you like, nah, this is just it's over, it's a wrap, the dude? Looks the initial so pop of just him coming back and just him returning was cool, absolutely yeah. for sure. But I just don't like the relying on the old guys when you don't have any type of future. Like that's the thing that I keep thinking. It always pops in my head, like. The WWE fans are really excited, but like, what are you excited for in the future? Like, what's the year outlook look like other than Roman Reigns? What else is there? And right. I feel like when you're continuously using these guys and not using them to build up someone new, 
I mean, obviously he's he's got uh, Priest with him, but Priest is not like a young guy. He's like 40 years old. Um, but, and that's nothing wrong with that. No, that's the wrong with age. But um, just the fact that they're not really putting young guys over and they're utilizing these old talent, I, I just, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it, it's it's it was cool to see as a one time pop, but like going forward, like I said, I've I've just a little bit I've seen from it, I've gotten pretty tired of it, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of Undertaker-ish, like just the purple lights and the fire and just uh, you know. And this is my thing: if this gimmick sucks and Ed- and Edge is like this is like his final hurrah, like we're just wasting him. Right. Like I felt the same thing with AJ, like you wasted a full year of AJ with Omos. Like it, that should not be happening. Like these are you should be trying to get whatever dream matches you can get done. You should be trying to make sure that when this thing is done, like there's not like this big wish list of, oh, I wish you would have faced this or this or that. Like they don't care. They don't operate thinking for a fan's perspective and what the fans want. They're just trying to make month by month and being creative or, or whatever. And, and not only that, what I didn't like is like edge versus AJ is a dream match and you've ruined it with just this corny, stupid gimmick. And, and now the, the gimmick on this is Damian priest is barred from ringside. So like all of a sudden that's going to make a dramatic difference because all he did was stand there and distract AJ and AJ took one spear and it was over. Like this is lazy. It's not like, right. It's not like he held his feet and he couldn't kick out or like whatever. He just stood there and they're like, well, now we're barred him from ringside. So you have a real shot at this thing. Like what? I mean, without even watching the build up to this, I can pretty much guarantee that because Damian Priest is banned from ringside, somebody else will join their group and help edge. New member. It's yeah. Like call it from a mile away. Um, Yeah. That would, that'd probably be the, the move, yeah. He is still there. Because he's no longer yeah. Tommaso. He's just Ciampa. Yeah. I mean, we all knew that was coming, though. Something like so that was coming. Me. Butch. Um, oh. All right. So, we – uh, so, we're going to – I mean, I'll, I'll make some predictions, by the way. I'll say uh, for the first one, I'll, I'll go Omos over Lashley, you guys. Yeah, I'll take Ugh. it. Like 50-50. We'll go with that. Okay. Doug. I, I I don't see how uh, Omos loses twice. So yeah, he's got an MVP now in his corner. So I, I think Omos is a fair bet. Okay, so we all got Omos there. We were just talking about a- Edge and AJ Styles. Um, th- worth noting, I watched um, Cody. I think it was a preview of the Broken School, like a clip that came out where he said that AJ Styles is. His dream his opponent. Dream opponent like, yeah. Thank you, because right. But but why couldn't we all just get AJ over at AEW and you never leave and just do it over there? But um, yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah. As far as predictions for Edge and AJ, um, I'm gonna say because Edge won at WrestleMania, right? Like, yes. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying 50, so hard 50, baby. Fifty fifty, baby. That's what but, it is. Yeah. I'm gonna say that like Champa comes out, but like AJ still wins. Like somehow, like. Champa fails in in helping or something stupid. I don't know. I don't care, but I'm going to go with AJ. Doug, I think Brandon, I, I, I I I'm just going to go with Edge honestly, just because of what you said. Somebody might interfere on in there, and you know it would be so silly if they interfered and he loses that match. So I'm going to say that Edge is probably going to get another one for sure. I feel like there's going to be a DQ and they're going to wrestle again for some reason. Yeah. Like forget I, that. Right. Like they're just not going to have another winner. 
If there's a winner, I think it's going to be AJ, but I really feel like they're going to go to a no finish on this pay-per-view. It's not WrestleMania, so they don't really care. So, yeah. yeah. I I feel like I should take Edge there. Like I, I on Russell Rumble, it's very possible that I take Edge in that one. Um we have Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss. Um Who is Mad Cat Moss? I, okay, I will that? say this. This guy actually kind of rules. <laughs> I, I like Mad Cat Moss. <laughs> Mad Cat Moss is all right, I think. Um he's very, very kind of generic and you know in what he does, but he's he's actually athletic and like improving and good on the microphone. He's he's someone I think that will do well in the WWE system. Like outside of it, like I don't think he'd be able to have an indie run, but like you know, for what the WWE likes, I think he has a chance there. He apparently, when he was at the PC, and they do like their uh, their NFL combine type tests, he apparently like blows everyone out of the water and like all the stuff that they measure. So, it, you know, he has he has potential. Ha- Happy Corbin, uh, I still can't really tell you what's going on with that. Um, I, I don't really. I don't Baron know. Corbin is like the most like annoying wrestler, or one of the most annoying. Miz is number one. He's one of the most annoying wrestlers on there, but he seems like the coolest guy to hang out with, like, out of wrestling. You go on his Instagram, like, man, this guy seems really awesome. Why doesn't that translate over to his character on TV? But they don't do that. Uh, Madcap is the one that smashed his head at Mania, right? Yes, like, landed right on his head, like, his neck, and just, like, finished the match like it was nothing. That was scary for sure. Um, He's facing who again? He's facing Corbin, who, by the way, I've seen on the McAfee show, and he does seem like a lot cooler, like on that. They show. were like sidekicks at WrestleMania, yeah. and then like because Baron Corbin lost, he blamed Madcap, and then that's what had them like break up. And now Madcap is a babyface, and I mean, honestly, the crowd is into him. He has pretty good energy. Like I think he'll work for WWE as a babyface. So honestly, in my opinion, I think he's going over. I hope he wins too, and also. Legend of Raw Underground. Let's not forget he was, you know, one of those guys who was on Raw Underground every week doing his thing. Sorry, I didn't watch Raw Underground. Yeah, not many people did. Dabakato. Yeah, they've all been repackaged or fired by now. Every everyone uh, who was involved with that. I, I'm gonna go with the the guy Madcap uh, via DQ. He's gonna win via DQ. Okay. This is so bad. We're just like our 50 50 bookings DQs, like for a pay per view. I know, but it's, it's, I, yeah. We're gonna be right. That's yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's, um, okay. We have the six man tag, uh, McIntyre and RK Bro versus the Bloodline, which I do, it just doesn't feel like it has stakes. Like the world champion and the tag team champions are like all involved in this. And, like it doesn't really matter who wins at the end of the day, right? Because like nothing's really on the line here. So, like I'll just I don't know. Y'all go with your predictions. I, I will first. say the babyface team will win. I think Orton will pick up the victory. I want to say that he'll beat the pin Reigns, but that's just not gonna happen, right? Like there's no, no chance. Way. Only reason I no think that way. because Reigns needs a, a an opponent. A loss. And, yeah. Orton could be that guy, but they're not going to give him that that win. So maybe he'll pin one of the brothers, and they'll give him a title shot off of that. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll go with Orton just because he seems like he's hot. Like they're using him a lot, like recently. So I'll go with him. Doug. Uh, yeah, I think the baby faces are going to win just because this is a way that Roman can lose without actually taking a pinfall, and it doesn't get so like overbearing that he wins everything. So, yeah, I think that could happen. And based on what happens, we'll kind of determine 
who Roman might be facing next. Are, are we really heading towards a Roman Randy Orton thing? Is that what you guys think? Or you think that they're going to leave that alone and keep them as a tag team? Well, when's the McIntyre, when would McIntyre and Roman be? Like, when is the UK show? The uh, first week, it's the day before um, All Out. So, like, the first week of September. Okay, okay so I have a while before they're going yeah, to get to that. Yeah, I can see them doing Randy or or Riddle, to be honest. Like, in the meantime, maybe they both of them. could still do Drew, honestly, if they wanted to. Because Drew doesn't really have nothing going on either, so... They wanted to run that back. They could do that. It's so, so yeah. The future is so bleak. <laughs> the future, so though, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but the, the long-term future is, like, these guys are going to all be wrestling holograms of each other. So, like, they're not going to need new stars because it's just going to be, like, prime Steve Austin versus, like, you know, whoever. You know, I, I really think that's what they're going to wind up ultimately doing over time. But that all being said, we got another one. Cody Rhodes and Seth freaking Rollins. I'm taking Cody Rhodes every single time, but (laughs) who do you guys have? I think it would be silly to have Cody lose right now. I mean, this is like the one guy you can kind of heat up and have like there for Roman for a title shot. So I think it would definitely be silly. You might have some shenanigans in this for sure. Um, But I I would think if they're smart enough, I I would think that Cody Mm -hmm. would go over in this one again. But see, they're not. So I think that Seth is going to win. I don't think you run this back for Cody to just win twice. Um, I think that there's definitely going to be some shenanigans and things like that. But I have a feeling that Cody's taking the L. But I think it's a dumb business decision. Like, to me, what your goal should be is to make Cody versus Roman Reigns happen at SummerSlam. And Cody being a believable threat to beat Roman for the title and the story of the Rhodes family finally getting the belt and all that stuff. Like, I, I don't see how you miss on that. Like that is just money. And they were saying that like Cody was selling like John Cena amount of merch on after he debuted at WWE. Like you can't pass that up. He's, he's the hottest thing you have right now. And he's really like a bridge because I promise you some AEW fans are watching because of Cody that would not be watching otherwise. So I I think it would be a very stupid business decision to have Seth Rollins win. But I feel like that's what they're going to do. I saw saw something about Cody talking about um, how – because remember back in the day he brought back like the the white strap IC title belt? Yeah. He's talking about wanting to win the universal title and then bringing back the winged eagle title, which would just be if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be him. Like he's getting, he's playing by a completely different set of rules than everyone else on that roster. Like the leverage he had coming back to that company, like we haven't. I mean, CM Punk is like kind of comparable. Like when he resigned in like 2011 or whatever it was, when like he got a whole bunch of you know his theme music and a whole bunch of money and all that stuff. But like this is this is like on a whole another level of that. Like I think Cody's, it's pretty cool. But I'm gonna, I gotta go with Cody Rhodes to win, um, and uh, hopefully it is him and Roman at, at uh, SummerSlam because I will probably go to that live. I just saw GCW got announced in Nashville too that weekend, so um, if I'm in Nashville, I'll definitely go to GCW. But um, but yeah, I'm gonna take Cody Rhodes. But I'm gonna take Cody Rhodes against literally everybody in every one of my predictions because I'm just extremely biased. So um, main what I'm assuming is gonna be the main event. We have Charlotte Flair defending 
the SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey in an I Quit match. I never pick against Charlotte on pay-per-view. Like, I never do. But I feel like this one is, like, it's got to be Ronda winning, right? I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah. Who won at WrestleMania? Ronda won, right? Charlotte I don't. Really? Yeah, she came during the She went with, like, a boot, with, like, a big boot, like, kind of out of nowhere. Is she pinned her? Yeah. I watched the show. I don't remember any of this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I I would assume. You can't have Ronda. I mean, you could have Ronda quit, but. I think that she would, I think Ronda would probably walk out before she agreed <laughs> no, I to, agree. to quit on there for sure. So, 100%. yeah, I, I'll go with Ronda on that one for sure. Yeah, that's my exact line of thinking is I just, I don't think Ronda would in a million years agree to tap out or, or say, Which, I honestly, in this situation, I wouldn't necessarily blame her in that situation because she really shouldn't be losing like that. Right. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's kind of the entire draw for her is like, the girl who would ne- who would never do that. <laughs> is it? Is there a draw though? That's what oh, no, 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 I was no, about no. to I, say. Like, not not that's that's lost, this, like there's everything. no type of there's no yeah nothing about her that's special. Even though I think that she is still like a, even though like the losses and everything, she's still a special sports figure. But in that universe, there's nothing special about her. But why? Yeah. But why is that? Why do you think that is? Because when she left, I don't think it was as bad as what it is right now. Like, I feel like when she came back, it was just like this immediate dud. And it just has gotten worse and worse. And when she was her last appearance at WrestleMania or whatever it was, like, she still had some momentum. People still wanted to see her and Becky in a singles match. Like, now it's like, I don't never, I don't really never need to see her again. You know, and I feel like a lot of people, trust me, I was in the building for that WrestleMania match. Ronda's supposed to be the baby face, and Charlotte was way more over than she was. Yeah, I think a lot of people just don't care for Charlotte. So when you bring back Ronda, it's not going to be super interesting. And I think right now, the only thing that you can really heat her up with would be Becky. And I don't even know if, like, if you come back to that boat, like, if they try that, like, next like, like year's WrestleMania, I don't really know what kind of steam that we'll potentially have because, I mean, they had it. They threw Charlotte in that match back in WrestleMania, whatever, uh, 35. And I think they kind of kind of k- killed some of their momentum for sure. And, again, I don't think if even if you bring it back, it's definitely not going to be anything it could have been for sure. So I, I think that luster on her is just, like, pretty gone, which sucks. Yeah. Because they need those stars. Yeah, I thought for sure she would be like almost like their female Brock, and it's just been rough. And like the fact that she was actually in movies, like that's that's baffling to me because she is a awful actress. I mean, the worst. Like it, it you don't she believe was, it at all. She wasn't bad in Entourage because she was kind of playing herself. Yeah, but when you pull up like. Furious Seven, and she's like a goofy fighting stance. When you're the fighter, like yeah, I'm like, what, what is this? And her dialogue. How about Expendables Three? Terrible. Three, she is terrible. Her voice. And then I heard that her Mortal Kombat was awful. They did a. They. She was supposed to be in Dirty or not Dirty Roadhouse as like a female version instead, and like she got knocked out by Holly Holm, and they pulled the plug on that. But I bet you it was like they saw her testing. It was just like, yeah, that's not going to work. Like she mm-hmm. cannot act at all. And I mean, you watch it now and it is bad. The best acting she ever did was when she didn't act, when she was seriously pissed off at the fans and like went off at Becky in front of her face and then like went off about 
the fans and wrestling and all that, like let her be a bitch because that's what she is. This whole fake, like, yay, I'm happy to be here. That is not Ronda Rousey. And the funny thing was, is I remember like the UFC kind of tried to market her, market her that way as well. And then they did the ultimate fighter with Misha Tate. And then it was like, people were like, yo, she's kind of a bitch. Like, you know, episode this? Like, one, the first five minutes, you're just like, goodness gracious. Like, that's this is not good. That's not who's, who's been advertised right. to me. And then all of a sudden you're feeling sorry for Misha. And then like she breaks Misha's arm and she refuses to apologize. Like, I'm not sorry for it. Like, holy crap, you're a cold blooded bitch. And then she gets knocked out by Holly Holm and goes away for a year and only will do an interview with Ellen DeGeneres, like refuses to talk to any legit MMA media because like she knows that they know their stuff and like she's not going to be getting these softball questions. And then like she had to go through this like mental um, evaluation of her like accepting the fact that she isn't the greatest of all time. And she's just, she's just a weird head case. And I just don't really see the appeal anymore in her. And I feel like that this probably will be it after this is done because the money that you're paying her probably won't be worth it. Honestly, it's not bad. Like she had a moment and it was like a really, really big moment. And she did a lot for UFC as far as like putting eyes on that product and getting more women, like skilled women into like, oh, if she can do this, like I can go in there and do this, and you get you know better for women to come sure. in as being fighters. So she definitely had her moment for sure, but I definitely feel like that moment has passed. But she made her money, and now she can just kind of go on her farm and do what she wants to because I don't see her I mean, doing this for very long. Make no mistake about it, Ronda Rousey changed the game forever. She is a trailblazer. She is a legend of the sport, like no doubt about that. But it's like every generation has a great right. And, like, I felt like she got to the point to where she thought that there would never be anything greater than her. Like, when she's going up at the press conference and talking about how she could beat Holly Holm with one arm tied behind her back. like it, And then to immediately just take a fight with Amanda Nunez, like, no warm-up, no nothing, just like, I'm going to fight Amanda Nunez. And not even really look into who she is and then just think you can just stand with her and just get destroyed. And what's interesting to me is I think so much of her is mental that like if she ran it back with a lot of the ladies that she beat, I think they would beat her because she just was so like mentally confident and now she's broken. And I just don't know if she'll ever have that confidence again. And it's just weird. It's a it's a it's a weird thing of watching her like downfall in the WWE to the point to where they don't even want to see her anymore. Yeah, I uh I think the only thing she could possibly do to regain any of that momentum would be to come back to the UFC and fight Juliana Pena. I agree. Like, that would be like, cause she might actually have a shot. Like she, I, I don't think she would win. I'm not like, you know, you know, saying that, but I'm just saying like stylistically, if she was ever going to, we, we talked about it before, but stylistically, if she was ever going to return, like this would be who to return again. Someone who's probably not going to knock you out, you know, or something, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see how that. I didn't expect her to like, submit. To me, like if Pena, if Pena lost, like that's when you contact Ronda. Be like, hey, you want to run this? And the funny thing about Ronda fighting, like we never saw her in a fight camp. Like she just trained with Edmund or whatever. Like that was yeah. all she ever did. She never really took it ultra serious because 
she kept winning and didn't have to change anything. Like imagine if Ronda actually was in a legit fight camp, like an ATT or something like, and really was pushed. She might be a totally different level athlete, you know, but it's, uh, it's one of those things that I, I think she's just happy taking her money and, and calling it a career, but we'll see what happens. Crazier well, things have happened. Speaking of all this UFC talk, I have about another 10 minutes or so before I got to bounce. Um, but we can go over UFC 274 real quick. Um, and y'all can talk about it as long as you want once, once I pop off. But um, this is a really good looking pay-per-view. Uh, really yeah. good looking. I mean, it's, sure. I mean, the, the main card uh, from top to bottom. So I'll, uh, I'll start with the main event just because I know we'll probably talk a bit more about that before I got to get off here. But um, Oliver and Gaethje, I'm very much looking forward to that one. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I do not pick against Charles Oliveira. Like he's, I think he's just so well-rounded uh, and his submission game is just so insanely good. Plus his hands are getting so much better. Like, but Gaethje, I mean, Oliveira gets hit. He's definitely gotten hit by guys mm-hmm. like Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier. Um, Gaethje's got, you know, serious power, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Gaethje's going to, for whatever reason, when Oliveira gets cracked, he comes up and then like finishes in like yeah. the next round. Like, so I'm going to go with Charles Oliveira personally. Uh, what about you, Brandon? Yeah, the same. Um, I, I like Gaethje a lot, and I feel like it's in, any given Sunday with him where he definitely could mm-hmm. catch a win for sure. But, I mean, both of these guys are skilled. Um, I mean, both of them beat Chandler. Both of them beat uh, uh, Ferguson. And, you know, I think it's going to be a good fight for sure. But like you said, I'm just not going to bet against Oliveira just because, like you said, he kind of pops up even if he gets, like, rocked or something like that. He's always going to come back and be able to fight. But, it's, again, it's any given Sunday with Gaethje. If he won, I would not be surprised at the slightest. Yeah, like, I think that he's definitely going to catch Oliveira. I think Oliveira could be in trouble. But at the end of the day, like, if you watch the Khabib fight, I mean, like, Gaethje's good at wrestling, but the moment it gets to the ground, his submission game is not very high. And, I mean, Oliveira is one of the best in the game. I, I think he's going to tap him out. I, I just think at some point he's going to find a way to tap him out. Yeah, I agree. I got Oliveira by submission as well. Um, but, yeah, Gaethje's absolutely the number one contender, like totally deserves this fight. But I think Oliveira is just – he's just too good right now. Um, we got the women's strawweight title. This is a rematch from years ago from the Ultimate Fighter finale where Carl Esparza beat Rosami Yunus the first time. But we have Rose in this fight defending the strawweight title against Carl Esparza. Doug, who do you think wins? Do you think Esparza gets it done again, or is Rose just too good now to, to be able to get beat here? I've got Carla. I think the takedowns are just – she's not going to be able to stop them. I think Rose is good wrestler trying to take someone down, but her defense is not going to be the same. And I just think Carla is relentless. She had – there's a reason why the UFC didn't want to make this fight either. It's a terrible stylistic match for Rose. And uh, I just think uh, – I think Carla is going to win a – a boring methodical fight that's going to just break rows down round after round. Wow. Brandon, what do you think? So I didn't think about that. I mean, obviously I had um, Rose Namajunas coming into this just because like you beat young Jacek twice. She lost to Jessica Andrade and, you know, she got that fight that went back and then she beat Zhang Wei Lee twice as well. And I thought she was just going to be on a roll and just Carlos Baza, somebody has just never been like super, super impressed by, but now that Doug kind of brings that up, I mean, it's definitely a good point for sure. I'm always going to go with the champ um, just because I'm a big Doug Rose fan, so I would go with her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just from what you said, I mean, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if she lost that as well. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Rose to win here, but I think it's because well, I mean it, this is you know I think if the fight gets stopped, Rose is gonna win. You know, sometime probably fairly early in the fight, maybe by like the third round, I would guess. But if this goes to a decision, I think it's gonna be Esparza um, for the reasons Doug was saying. But I, my official pick is gonna be uh, Rose Namajunas to win here. But I'm glad they're finally doing this rematch. Esparza once mm-hmm. again, she earned her way all the way back up to the title, and like Doug said it's been like a couple years now where she's kind of been in this position and like having to win again and again, and like, just keep and like, they, they really didn't seem like they wanted to put this fight together. Plus they also had to like get everything figured out between Nami Yunus and, you know, Jade Shack and Zhang. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, there was like that carousel of all those women at the top. That they a, had to a couple other there. things too. Um, as far as this one, five in a row and Zhang, I, I think she beat, rose the last fight like last i thought fight. it was really close and I, I i could definitely give it to to Zhang there so it's not like rose is coming off an extremely perf- impressive performance and to me like i was watching the countdown show and they just kept talking about how much better she is now and all this other stuff but like it, it's also the fact that like carla's gotten better too i mean carla got smoked by Yuana and lost the title and that isn't happening anymore. Like Carla's basically dominating all these fights that she's in. I I just think that she's a bad matchup for Rose. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a. I wonder what the, I, I'm not giving any gambling advice here or anything, but I wonder what the odds on that are. She's definitely a live dog. She's definitely a live dog. And speaking of gambling, I did a damn parlay, uh, four fight parlay. I went three for four because Feely got knocked out. So oh, yeah. pissed. I don't mm. bet on that guy. He's too he's I, too hot or cold. Too touchy feely. You know what pissed me off too is he was the, he was the biggest favorite of the whole thing. I oh, picked Arlowski, won that. I picked uh, Cheeto Vera, won that, and I picked the other fight and I won. And the damn feely got knocked out. I was so pissed. I put yeah. twelve dollars down. I was going to win ninety four bucks. I so I I know I told you part of this bet Doug, but so this was I didn't I didn't put down a lot of money because this was too risky, but I got lucky. Um, on a twenty dollar bet, I won one hundred and sixty dollars on Michael Jackson the other week because he won by DQ. Who did Mike so, Jackson fight? Ah, uh, some nobody can. Yeah, <laughs> and um, he and won because he got kicked in the balls, right? He got Mike kicked Jackson. in the balls yeah. twice, and then I gouged. <laughs> they just called it in the first round, yeah. and I won because I, I took my, he was plus eight hundred, <laughs> so I took him for twenty bucks, and uh, yeah, it was a great bet. I wish I would have put hundreds of dollars on that, but you can't do that when you know you're betting on Michael Jackson. Um, I definitely didn't win betting on Chase Sherman this past week. He got absolutely mauled, but it was uh, I love I love those underdogs, but I see something like plus seven hundred to like plus you know, Chase I, Sherman was plus eight hundred, and the guy facing him was minus eighteen hundred. I was yeah. tempted. I was like, man, plus eight hundred. I uh. I just for that I didn't get shout out Andre Arlovsky by the way I'm getting another win right. but I I put uh, I put some money on Arlovsky by submission in that one just as like the complete off chance that he got that because it was plus two thousand I was like I'll take plus two thousand on like almost anything when it comes to MMA because like it's so unpredictable but anyways next fight Michael Chandler Tony Ferguson speaking of unpredictable I wish this fight would have happened like a handful of years ago um, yeah. Because I'm still not exactly sh- Yeah, I'm excited for it too. Uh, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But Ferguson, I'm still I don't know exactly where Ferguson's at. And I feel like Chandler's still like kind of like more in his prime, if that makes sense. Like I I 
I'm a little worried for Ferguson here, but I think Ferguson is still like totally game. Like, I think it's a really right. good matchup. Um, I'll go to uh, Brandon first on this one. He got to win. I would probably go with Chandler just because, like you said, he's kind of still like in his prime. I, th- I this is, but his prediction would be the fight of the night for me, just because both yeah. these guys need a win. Like Chandler's got two in a row that he's dropped. Ferguson's dropped three in a row, and both of these guys need to win really, really bad. So I think they're just going to come out there, and they're going to go for it for sure. And again, that's why I feel like this will probably be the fight of the night. And I'll I'll go with Chandler for sure. It's just Ferguson, you know, I I don't know. Like, you want to believe in the guy, but just little knickknack things here and there just kind of, you know, push you aside and everything. And I just feel like Chandler's probably, like, a little more skilled right now, I guess you'll say. Uh, Again, I just kind of see him winning this fight for sure. Doug? I personally think this fight's going to come down to speed. And I just think Chandler's so much faster than Tony at this point. Tony just looks slow. And um, I was watching the countdown show and like Tony has like left Bakersfield, California and called his old college coach. Like they were acting like the, you know, Tony would never go to a camp. And then they kind of built it up that Tony has actually gone to like a fighter's camp. And it's like one college coach and like one striking coach and he's just like in a basement working out and i'm just like that's not that impressive but um the weird thing about tony is is like you know when a fighters are starting to go on a losing streak and they start to um like start to diminish they lose their confidence they start like talking more humble Tony still thinks that like he can be the champion. Like Tony is like, he's never going to be that guy where it's just like, oh, I just don't really have it anymore. Oh, well, like he's one of those dudes. that's like, he totally thinks he's going to beat Michael Chandler. And the only thing that makes me feel like Tony has a shot is Chandler's just so wild. And he puts himself in crazy predicaments and like, he could be dominating the fight. And then out of nowhere, he's getting rocked. And then it's just like, what the hell is going on? And Tony's a dangerous guy if he gets you hurt. So I don't think Tony's out of the woods here. Like, I think Tony has a real shot at this. Um, It's going to be interesting. I'm leaning towards Chandler, though, just because I think Chandler's the faster, stronger, better athlete. And he has a lot of experience, just like Tony. He's been through a lot of wars. He knows what it's like to fight in the danger zone. But... Um, I wouldn't sleep on Tony though. Tony has a real shot in this fight. Yeah, I'm actually looking on DraftKings right now to see who I took in our thing with uh with Justin because yeah. I think I might have taken Ferguson, but that might have been because he was like a pretty big underdog. I probably could have got him for cheap. That's yeah, why, that's you did. Why? Um, see, I took I took Chandler and got Carla for cheap. Yeah, that's yeah. what I ended up doing. Um, but like I, I really I don't I don't bet until the night the day of. I have to because I don't watch like the embeddeds. I leave them all until like Friday night, Saturday morning. I'll binge them all and I'll just kind of see like yeah. how everyone's kind of making it through their week and then make my prediction off of that. I had a five yeah. five fight parlay at the end of last year. And one of the picks that I had was I picked against uh, Cody Garbrandt just because the way he looked in the, yep. the embedded and like in like post. Yep. I was like, this dude does not look right. And I wouldn't would yep. normally never bet against him because I'm a big fan of him. And I was like, this just doesn't look right, and I ended up winning that well play. So 
yeah, I, I, I would like to be like you guys where I can bet early, but I got to wait just so I can see where they get to at the end of this week. Trust me, I'll make a little shift here and there when it comes by <laughs> night time. I'm like, am I sure about this? I don't mm-hmm. think so. But like Rob Font the last week, like I saw he had trouble making weight. He couldn't make the weight. And, and I was like, oh, this is the first time coming this way. He's fighting Cheeto. He's about to get smoked. So I I, I felt like Cheeto was going to win. Yeah. Um. Man, I really want to take Ferguson in that one, but like I've got to go with Michael Chandler. I got Hearts Ferguson, mine's Chandler. I just got to go with yeah. Chandler. Um, and what, real quick, I swear when I was there live and Chandler was about to beat Oliveira, I literally almost cried. Like I, <laughs> I almost was like, I was like, oh my God, the dude came from Bellator and he did it. And to go from like that range of emotion to being so happy for him, the round ends, it looks like he's about to win the belt. And I mean, within like 20 seconds, the fight is over (laughs) and he lost. And that to me, though, is Michael Chandler to a T. Like he could be just look like he's the greatest fighter of all time. And then just something weird happens and it's over. And you're just like, what? (laughs) And, And that to me, like with Tony... If, if he all of a sudden does that backup thing where he's hurt and he's backing up trying to regain his composure, I think Tony will just smash him with elbows. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I, I feel like someone's getting finished in that fight. Like I hope it's like a war and then someone just drops basically. And I just don't see Ferguson. I, I, I think I see Chandler dropping Ferguson more than I can see Ferguson dropping Chandler. Um, anyways, I got to bounce out of here. I'm going to just throw out my last two predictions real quick um, for the main card just to get them out there. Um, I love that Shogun Hua and OSP are running it back. Um, I'm going to go Shogun just because, I mean, it's Shogun. And he's still looking pretty good. Like he's, OSP. You know, Obu OSP. No, thumbs down OSP. No, I don't. I, I have no stock in that guy at all. <laughs> I'll go with yeah. Shogun for sure. Yeah, I'm going yeah. Shogun. Oh, you got Shogun. He as played well. for Tennessee too back he in did. the day. He mm-hmm. did. Um, like, I don't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> then, uh, Shogun's a legend. And then uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Joe Lozon. He's getting his ass kicked. I'm going Joe Lozon. Yeah. 100%. I, that's that's the fight I'm most confident about. If you feel like putting money down. And I think I think Cowboy could be the favorite. I'm, I'm almost positive he is. I might be wrong. But if you're looking for an underdog, Joe Lozon all day long. He's going to win that fight. I would be shocked if Cowboy beat him. Yeah, yeah, definitely going with Joe Lozon. One of my favorite fighters. A guy, he's one of those guys who's like, he, he's like borderline almost Hall of Fame level fighter. If he would have ever got to like the like a title shot or like you know, he's like right there. He's got, he's almost like Neil Magny. Like these guys like have beat like a lot of good fighters. They've been around forever, but like they never won the title and they never had a title shot. But like their resumes, when you look at it on paper, you're like. There's people in the USC Hall of Fame that might be worse than than this, you know, yeah. like you know. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm a big Joe Lozon fan for sure, and obviously Donald Cerrone is going to get in the UFC Hall of Fame as well. He has all those records and stuff, but like, um, he's definitely had a decline in recent years, big time. We got the, light, the lights might be too Steven. bright for Cowboy. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got super uh, chat real quick, so I want to get your opinion before you bounce. Um, thanks, Dirty. I appreciate the super chat, and guys, if you can, please smash that like button. We're going to need it. It's basketball playoffs. We're going to need all the help we can get. So if you're in here, please smash that like button. 
Me and Brandon plan on talking to AEW, New Japan, so stick around. This is not over yet. Steven just has to bounce. And then next week we'll we'll have the full thing. Uh, he'll be here the entire time. Yeah, back to um, back to normal every week starting next week. Just these last two weeks, I just couldn't do it. So, by the way, I don't know if you guys know, but on The Pivot, which is a really cool show, um, former athletes, it's a lot like I Am Athlete, but they decided to part ways from Brandon Marshall and do their own thing. It's Brian Clark and um, – I can't think of the other guys' names, but it's good. And they had Dana White on. And while he was talking, the big board in the office got exposed and they saw all the future fights that are coming up. And this one uh, was on the list for July 20th, it looked like, maybe, uh, if I can be. And it's I, definitely July. There's a few July cards that were all leaked. Maybe like, July 2nd. Like but it looks months. like it's a fight night. It looks like it's going to be a fight night. And um, so your opinion on Chimaya versus Nate, because it so, looks like that's what's going to happen. And if I remember correctly, it looked like the main event of that one was Jared Cannonier and Israel Adesanya for the middleweight title. So if that's, think that's that might be, be like that. View. That might be like the ABC, ABC. Uh, card yeah. or something like that if they wanted to run that in. Because mm -hmm. I know that that's coming up too. So that might be that. Because like but, also at the end of the month, they had the – I think they had it slotted for John Jones and Steve Amiochek like July later 30th. that month. So, yeah. So and like, that'll definitely like, be – That has or to maybe, be. And they, yeah. they also put like where it could be. And they said it could be in Dallas, it could be in Salt Lake, it could be in Boston. And there's like four places they had locations that was still under review whether they wanted to put it. So it's interesting. Another thing I noticed on the big board, which I thought was different, is if you were a tough fighter or a contender series fighter, they labeled you that still like on there. So Nate Diaz is a tough fighter. And if you fought on the contender series like Sean O'Malley, he's a CS. So like, I don't know if they – like have a plan of like trying to get so many guys up from those formats on shows or what, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I've never thought about that. That's, that is weird. Um, but yeah, as far as this fight getting announced, I mean, or at least leaked. Um, I mean, so I think that, I think that Gilbert Burns, I'm not going to say he exposed Shemayov because like Chime that was an incredible fight. And Gilbert Burns is an awesome fighter. Like people who are giving Shemayov any shit at all for like not just dominating Gilbert Burns just don't know how good Gilbert Burns is. Um, I, but, but it did take some steam off of him. It did. It did. Yeah, it, absolutely. 100%. It did take some steam off him. Like, like I, I went from thinking like he might be a guy who could smoke. Usman to being like, I'll probably take Usman in that fight if they fought right now. Um, he went from like unbeatable to great. Yeah. Like, that's like, kind of where he's at. Like, I don't know if he could beat Usman. I don't know if he could beat Colby, but I think he could probably beat everybody else. And he still might be able to beat those other guys. We just, mm -hmm. we just don't know. That was a huge jump up in competition for Burns and he won. And that was a hell of a fight. Um, stylistically, this is a nightmare for Nate Diaz unless he can just avoid getting taken down. I mean, and I don't know if he'll be able to do on the ground, it'll be interesting maybe with his submission game, but like yep. Chameov, I, I this really I don't know did Nate ever resign a new UFC contract? Is this their way of just like getting a big name off of Chameov before Nate bails? Yep. I, th I yeah. thought he turned this fight down before. So that's like surprising that scene that's happening. I think when he turned down the Dustin Poirier fight, I think he was just done with the UFC at that point. And then now they're just putting him in a fight to kill his credibility on the way out. Like that's usually what they like to do with stuff like this. Uh, a la Tito Ortiz versus Lyoto Machida. 
like this is the same type of thing what they like to do uh rampage versus glover to share you know trying to choke them i remember i know i I was so excited (laughs) um but then rampage versus glover to share they put him in there with that he destroyed rampage like they like to do fights like these uh to get guys only out and i mean honestly Nate's gonna fight uh, Jake Paul if if he's free. Like that's the biggest money fight there is out mm-hmm. there for him and for Jake. Like it just makes all the sense in the world. Yes, I love it. I hope they, they got to do. I mean, and I don't know what's going on with Nick. It sounds like he's gonna fight again by the end of the year. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I still want to see a Logan versus Nick and Jake versus Nate boxing card. I still think that would be massive it would be it would be a huge pay-per-view it would be an absolute huge pay-per-view yeah and it would be like everything like from like preppy white boys to like street gangsta mexicans like it would be wild like i think that it would the the hype the build-up everything and like the fights in the crowd like i think you're talking about two totally different demographics that would have to to be around each other in a uh, that, would, that would be a wild, be fun, fun deal. All right, y'all. Have a great night. Thanks again, Brandon, for coming on here. Yes, appreciate it, man. Good to see you. And um, yeah, y'all have a good one. I'll talk to you soon, Doug. I'll, I'll have the audio up sometime later this week for y'all who uh, who listen to the audio format and all that. Brandon, I appreciate you listening to the audio format. By the way, I know you like you like to listen off the audio feed sometimes. Yeah, so. man. Hopefully everything is good. I listened to the Weekender. I can only listen to like five minutes of it because I felt your pain your situation on there so hopefully everything is good now oh oh yeah computer and everything yeah yeah i recorded an entire hour long episode of the weekender and my computer crashed after i finished and 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 even there's a recovery button that always works i used it nothing was there my throat was dead and i've been talking all week and i was Mm -hmm. just like and it was like, I have no other time the rest of this week that I'm going to be able to record this than right now. I couldn't so even like, finish the whole thing. I felt your pain, bro. So hopefully okay. everything's okay I, now. It gets, you know, it, gets, it gets a little bit better, <laughs> I think, um, throughout. But, yeah, no, I appreciate For you sure. trying to listen. But, uh, but yeah, thanks. Um, see you guys later. Have a good one. Later, man. All right, later. All right, Brandon. So um, we haven't even got into AEW. And I always get Steven's perspective. And Steven is definitely uh, glass half full when it comes to AEW. And I agree that they've earned our trust and all that. But, like, is there anything that's going on right now that you feel like is uh, a miss or just they're doing too much or they should focus on this? Like, what's your opinions right now going on with AEW? Maybe the stuffing of so much stuff in the yes. show might be too much. Now, granted, I, I like – a show where a lot of stuff is happening like that that's yeah really energizing like every week when i'm sitting on this couch here and eight o'clock hits and i'm super excited i snap my fingers and it's 10 o'clock like what just happened like so much stuff happened that i've even lost for track sure. of time and i definitely like that for sure but you lose i think you lose a lot when you when you don't sit there and focus on things like if you don't give stuff time to breathe just a little bit it definitely loses out on like, you know, the way it hits when it comes out on TV. So I feel like if they just slow down a little bit and not try to cram everything into the show, like even like Rampage, like you've seen like now, like the last, I would say three, four weeks, like they put the entrances of the the top match on YouTube because they don't have enough time 
to have it on Rampage because they've stuffed so much stuff in there. They before first was like, you know, three matches and then some segments here. Now they've jammed in that fourth match and still including segments. And again, it's definitely a lot. And you can definitely see it when Excalibur is sitting there running down the car. Oh, and he's just man. Flying through, flying through, flying man, through. Man, it's about to pass out. He's getting better every <laughs> he's getting better every week, but it's just like, dude, like y'all gotta slow down a little bit. And you know, you you they you heard people like, Oh, I wish such and such video package that was on YouTube, I wish it was on Rampage or I yes. wish it was on Dynamite. And yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure, but where are they gonna fit that in? They got so much stuff I in agree. There, it's really hard to do. So yeah, not jamming so much stuff in there. I wish they could get better at it. But honestly, again, I would take all of the stuff happening and having a really exciting show versus not having that, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm with you. Like, there's no way that I'm going to complain about AEW, but there's certain things where I'm just like, like to me, when you're trying to, let's say you're trying to talk in a WWE fan to give it a shot or whatever, and they're watching this show and there's just so much being thrown out, thrown at them. And then they find certain things that they like. And then those certain things aren't revisited for like three weeks. And that kind of loses their attention. And I feel like that's the biggest thing, like the House of Black. Like that is just something that is just kind of there, right? And it had a lot of momentum, especially Alistair Black or whatever, Malachi Black. Like when he first showed up, really exciting, all that stuff. But now it's just kind of like, what what is he doing? And if you're going to put somebody in the G1, in my opinion, like put Buddy Murphy in the G1. Like he's really not doing anything. And I think he would have killer matches in the G1, like eventually. So like there's a lot of guys that they have under contract that there's just – and for like me, the undisputed elite, I don't feel like that was the plan. I feel yeah. like that this is just becoming the backup plan because Kenny is injured and we're trying to buy time because mm-hmm. it really feels like it was leaning towards Kenny and Adam Cole. And then Adam Cole had all his momentum coming in and it was like, okay, we have Adam Cole, but yet when it comes to the big ones, he keeps losing, which I understand it's Adam Page's time. I get that. And then, like, with Brian Danielson, you're excited that he's finally here. You're going to have all these dream matches, and now he's, like, in a faction on a tag team. So there's just things to me that, like, I don't know if guys are being used in the best way, but I don't really feel like it's against their will. I feel like they're fine with how they're being used for the most part. And, like, like I really don't think Brian Danielson is being told you're forced to be in this tag team no. and this is what you're going to do. Like, he's, he's good with this. And he probably – got a chewing from his wife or whatever being like, you need to slow down. You've had like all these matches every single week. And so he's probably like, okay, if I get put in this faction, I can still wrestle, but I don't have to be like the guy and focus on all these matches and all this stuff. So I, I, I understand where they're going, but I also think they're an unprecedented time. Like this company started in 2019 with under a year, they had to deal with the pandemic and then they ended up, basically having two major rosters of ring of honor nxt and wwe all being released like the the roster was never supposed to be this good in our wildest dreams we never thought we were going to get this so it's a transition period from that 2019 vision to what is available now and how do you make all that work i think you just have to focus in on certain talent that you know that you're going to want to push for the next couple of months. Like, 
I'm pretty sure like Tony has like a vision. If he's anything like Ghetto was, like having like that two year, like you know, push out of like storylines and who you want to make sure to push and who the guys you want to get over. You know, obviously you have to account for injuries and like, you know, weird things that are going to pop up. And that's just the, the nature of the business for sure. But just having yeah. an outlook and just making sure that you can focus in on certain talent and you're trying to fit in those other ones as well. Like, you know, like you mentioned, like Malachi Black had a lot of steam when he first came in and, you know, his feud with Cody, I thought was it worked really well. Cody put him over. Yeah, like, really, really big. I liked it. And then, you know, you have the. The, the incoming of this group with the, the House of Black, which was awesome because you have, you know, Brody King coming in here and you have Buddy Matthews coming in and there's some really exciting talent, but you've like cornered Malachi into that group and he doesn't really have any spark. I don't think he has the same spark as when he had when he was by himself on there. And granted, you can kind of see where this group is going to go. Like, you know, eventually we're going to get these six-man titles, these trios titles, and they're going to be yeah. an awesome group for that. And there's so many groups that are in the, the company that are there and that are being built that are going to be awesome for those particular titles. But like you said, I think everything's just kind of been put on hold that Omega got hurt. And like Tony even said that he doesn't want to do this until Omega comes back. And I get right. that because he probably wants them to be the champions, but you don't want these guys to be sitting idle for this long. Like they're having like, you know, Blackpool Combat Club is having these fun, exciting six man tags, even though they're just beating all these guys, it's really exciting to see but they're not really fighting for anything other than just like the namesake of the group. So hopefully that's a vision that he has soon with bringing those belts, because I think that's going to help things out for sure. Just be able to get those guys. And, you know, with those six man titles, you don't necessarily need to have storylines. It can just be like, this is the group we're having them get match up with these guys and they're going for the belts and just go for it. So something like right. that will definitely be able to help out the vision. But I think again, just being able to have like certain guys, you know, you're going to want to push like, Hangman Page, CM Punk, MJF, and then even like, you know, like a tier version of guys on there, just making sure to focus in on these guys. And you're still going to have these talent on here who's going to help build up these other guys. Um, but I, I think just being able to have a focus on a certain amount of talent and just kind of pushing towards the future with that is going to help them out for sure. But again, we see so many people on there, like Jay Lethal's on there. Like, I really want to watch Jay Lethal matches. I want to watch Samoa Joe matches, but are there is there time for that? And right. I think that's when hopefully they can potentially get something off the ground with the Ring of Honor and get some type of either TV or streaming deals. So that way we can be able to have something to see those talent on. And that way you don't have to worry about them being on your main show. Yeah. And, and like the Ring of Honor thing, too, is just so puzzling because it's such a where are you going with this thing decision? And it, they could use it. They could definitely mm -hmm. use it. But, like, what is it going to be and how long are we going to wait and how long are we going to wait on a streaming deal and all that? And I think that the whole Discovery merger is another thing that's been thrown in AEW's way. Like, AEW had no business to succeed. I'm sure Vince is like, how in the hell is this still even going on? Because, like I said, they had the pandemic. They had... Um, an unbelievable amount of roster that has been added to the point to like their payroll has to be pretty high. Um, they had no crowd. It was just, it, it, it's wild that they've still been able to maintain this momentum. And we know why, because we're diehard wrestling fans and they give us that product. They cater to us. 
But I, I just think that, man, if, if you could imagine everything that has been thrown in this company's way and to still be able to be kicking, it's really impressive. They they grew in the pa pandemic. I mean, they that, yeah. their TV show was on less than like six months by the time that thing hit. And they grew as a company in there. Like, I remember when that uh, 2020 Double or Nothing was coming out and people saw the the price tag it was still 50 bucks and everyone was freaking yep. out you can't charge 50 bucks in this climate and everything and i kind of felt the stuff like oh it might be a little bit tricky to doing that and then the news comes out and this is the biggest pay-per-view they've ever done and it's just yep. like how are they able to do this with again like i said the pandemic not gonna have any fans or anything at all and that was a damn yeah. good show too honestly yeah. like they they were smart enough to put at least wrestlers around there to make some noise and then like I was like, what was that? Moxley and Brody Lee, and they mm -hmm. killed it. They had like that Taz Bam Bam spot, and uh, the stadium stampede was wild, like nothing we'd ever seen. Like they pulled it off, and that's what they keep doing. They keep finding ways to pull things off. So, and they learn from I mean, mistakes as well going along the way. Because I can tell you, like, the independent, but the worst pay per view they've done, in my opinion, was All Out 2020. Um, I don't think it was mm -hmm. a bad mm -hmm. show, but it definitely it definitely sticks out as like the sore. This the, the, the not is that the, the MJF one was, Moxley? Yeah, MJF Moxley. Yep. Uh, yep. Bucks. I forget even got who. Yeah, I couldn't even name a lot of that stuff on there. I, I remember but there wasn't that a lot of great Brit, matches. That, yeah, <laughs> Brit, oh. Britain Swole match opened the show. So just bad. Like, it should have stayed on the. It should have stayed on the. It should have stayed on the pre-show for sure, but. Um, even then, like I said, just kind of learning from those mistakes, I think they were able to do for sure. And again, you know, I thought Full Gear was a really good show. Revolution, yep. even with like the bomb not going off, I thought it was a really awesome show as well. Um, like I said, this for them, they've been able to grow during that time period, which is so insane. And then just the monster hit of we got CM Punk back. Oh, and we got CM Punk, yes. but we got CM Punk, we got Brian Danielson, we got uh Adam Cole, we got the fans back, and it's just like a tidal yeah. wave hit, and they they really grew from that time. It's kind of been stagnant from then, but I yep. feel like, like not just AEW, but just like the outskirts of like pro wrestling. Like this summer could be really really special, and I'm really mm -hmm. excited to see what's going to come from it. Yeah, like I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a diehard Osprey fan. You know that, and like just his schedule. Like, so he's got. Tanahashi, Moxley, Juice, and um, uh, uh, that's it, right? Tanahashi, Moxley, yeah, Juice, and him. The four-way uh, for the U.S. title. And then, like, he has Hog Wrestling against Low Key, and then he's got Davey Richards right after that for Warriors of Wrestling. Like, these are crazy matches that I thought we would never be able to see. And then what you'll find out, too, is, like, FTR has the American Wolves at an indie show. Mm -hmm. Like they just there's gonna be all sorts of different things that you never thought. I mean, like I remember just like being on Twitter and then Ty and Athena are taking a suplex to 60 oh, chairs on the outside and the prestige. And it's just it's just there's so much going on, you know. It it's uh it's really wild, and then like the way that like New Japan is somewhat working with GCW too, like the, the, the it's just limitless of what all that they can do, and uh, I you know like like I said, like, Briscoe's in a scaffold match. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> right. there's just so much stuff, and uh, I just think we're scratching the surface of that because 
you know, even just a couple of years ago, people weren't using IWTV to watch stuff and people mm -hmm. weren't really ordering GCW. GCW was just kind of like a, okay, maybe the Joey Janela pay-per-view I'll get on WrestleMania weekend, but it wasn't like right. I've got to get this show and this show. And now it's like, you know, and now Ninja Max and Noah, like it, mm -hmm. it's just wild what is yeah. going on. So the, the first, really the first, the first Joey Janela show I only watched because it was on Flow Slam, yeah, and it was same. just the twenty bucks for all same. of those shows on WrestleMania weekend, which was a crazy value at the time. Um, I remember watching the Cluster F. I remember watching mm -hmm. the Cluster F and being like, "This is the most goofy, ridiculous thing I've ever seen," but I cannot turn it off. Yeah. Like there's Glacier, you know, like, the Invisible Man, like Glacier and like Ethan Page were squaring up against each other, and then there was the Invisible Man and all this other stuff. But then they also had like some legit talent in there too. And I remember watching Ethan Page beat the living crap out of Darby Allen, yep. like just destroying him. And I remember Ethan Page from that Evolve show that we were at in Dallas in 2016. That's mm -hmm. the first time I ever saw that guy. Yeah. And immediately I thought to myself, like, he has a little Kevin Owens to him. Like, I kind of like his swag. He's really cocky. He can talk. Um, and, and now look at him. And that's another guy I think is criminally under, underutilized in AEW, too. I mean, man, when, when Sammy won the belt and Ethan cut that promo Oh, backstage? It was awesome. Man, it's fire. And, and uh, I just – they have so much talent, and I think the biggest frustrating is people just want to see them be used. And that's what's frustrating, too, is you you know, they left the other company because they weren't being used, and then they're going to another company and not really being used. So, it, But I will give them credit for this. They let them go and do outside right. bookings, for sure. and that's a huge part of it. So, like, if Brian Cage isn't being used, well, you can watch Brian Cage versus Osprey at Warriors of Wrestling. You can watch mm -hmm. Brian Cage wrestle on other independents and so it's not so bad um so so i think people definitely and that's the thing to me too is like aew is a connection with all pro wrestling wwe is on its own sports entertainment island and and if somebody is great at pro wrestling aew is probably trying to figure out how to get them there or at least watch their stuff or contacted them for aew dark like they know what's going on you know what i mean I, they just respect the audience and that's a big yep. reason why i enjoy the company is because i feel respected as a wrestling fan like i don't have to play dumb and act like this person that came into this company didn't do other stuff outside of the company right like i saw right. on twitter this morning everyone freaking out about aj styles and Finn Balor doing the two sweet with each other. Will they ever reckon? Will they ever reference that these two were the original two uh, leaders of the Bullet Club? Probably not. And that's something that you know, if you know that you know, but they're they're not going to recognize that at all. And I right. feel like AEW is going to do that. They're going to talk about what's happening in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're going to talk about what's happening in Ring of Honor and GCW. And it's again, I. I I feel valued as a fan of knowing what's going on, paying attention to what's going on. And I always feel like I'm getting, uh, I'm getting, I don't know, I guess you can say like I'm getting my money's worth or like they're delivering what I want as a fan. And just again, just not treating me like I'm an idiot. Like I'm smart yeah. enough to understand what's going on, to understand what's going on outside of wrestling. I don't have to know everything. I know that there's stuff going on. And even if you present that in front of me on AEW, I'm going to accept it and just try to learn from it as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like, I think it's cool too that like John Moxley's the GCW champion. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, it's it's not like it, they're so cut off to where like we're above this, we won't be a part of this or whatever. Like, it's it's all open and it, and even Impact. Like, if they wanted to do business with Impact again, they could easily do it. It's it, anything to your imagination is available, and then. Now we're starting to see guys from Impact like Ace Austin's going to be in the best of the Super Juniors tournament, which I absolutely love. Wheeler Yuta is going to be in the best of the Super Juniors tournament. So we're seeing all these companies come together and work together, um, which I think is really great. So that part, like you said, what's coming up this summer, I think it's just just the beginning. Um, Super exciting. My hope with the Forbidden Door, and and I think we definitely need to talk about this, you know, New Japan and AEW have come to an agreement to have a pay-per-view at the United Center. Tickets go on sale this week. Trust me, Bill is letting me know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying my best. I, I'm going to try my best. I, 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 want, I really want to go for sure. I probably am not going to go just because I really overdid it at Mania. I, I spent you. way too much at WrestleCon. Like, this is just too soon for me. <laughs> it would not be responsible the irresponsible side of me absolutely wants to go, but responsible, absolutely not. This would not I be the it. best move for my family and all that stuff, right? But part of me feels like that this is just the beginning, yeah. right? Um, it's special. I don't know what kind of show they're going to have. My opinion, they're banking on Okada CM Punk. Like, I think that that's the main draw. That's what you're going to go buy your T-shirt for is this match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want this to keep going. Like, I want guys to be able to wrestle in future shows in Japan. I want them to definitely have a presence at Wrestle Kingdom. I want them to – I mean, you only have four pay-per-views a year. Why not have certain New Japan guys come down there, you know? And to me, like someone like an Osprey, who's always in the category of best wrestler in the world, if – it's close, right? Because we can't do Kenny Omega versus Roman Reigns. But if it's neck and neck, you know, let's say it's Kenny Omega and it's um, Osprey or Brian Danielson and Osprey, let's do the match. Like we could do right. this. You know what I mean? So I, I just think that there's, um, as long as they keep this thing going, I, I think it benefits both. And I really do think this is going to help New Japan more than it ever has when ring of honor or anything like that like i think you're getting a new fan base that has never watched your product that's going to watch your product and i think it is all strategic on the re-energizing of the bullet club because of that because if they're going to have these new people starting to watch it you kind of want to give them something at least that they've maybe heard about and i'm pretty sure People have heard about the Bullet Club. You might not not watch it, but you've definitely heard about it for sure. You've seen one of those T-shirts, and they're yep. still, you know, I know people. You know, we've all had our differences as far as like the Bullet Club and like the House of Torture, just awful, awful stuff. But that <laughs> that name is still synonymous. Like it's like you go on pro wrestling tees, it is still one of the top selling shirts, and it's been out for eight years, nine years, and people know it yep. for sure. So I think again, the re-energizing of the Bullet Club happening with this you know, returning of, of a foreign talent into the company and then also having these big shows, Dominion, 
uh, Battle of the Super Junior, Best of the Super Juniors, G1 coming up, and obviously Forbidden yep. Door. I, I think it's all strategic for sure. So it's, it's exciting. Yeah, I agree. Um, what is your opinion of the, the Bullet Club, especially what happened over last weekend? Uh, Juice Robinson joined. Absolutely brutal that the crowd can't cheer because yeah. or talk or do anything because like it's a moment of shock when he pulls the mask off mm-hmm. and then they have to be like radio silent so he's just right. beating the crap out of this guy and it's just yeah. um so that sucks and i'm really hoping that eventually that changes soon because that'll definitely help their shows mm-hmm. but i don't even know what's going on with the bullet club is kenta still in the bullet club kenta is in the bullet club um see what i mean you see what i yeah. mean yeah yeah for sure um <laughs> but i mean i know they got new members obviously the um gorillas of destiny good brothers. Are not in there good brothers kind of right. taking their spot um yep. juice has taken god who who did he just lose that juice kind of took his spot on here either way they've gotten like these new members in here yep. and i feel like it's definitely energy like at the end of that show Again, it's probably been like the most excited I've been for Bullet Club in a very, very long time, honestly. And well, and then I Jay's th- facing Okada as well, so that's now right. You know, happening. And I, what's interesting is that you're going to have the stretch not only in New Japan but across other companies. Like this is going to leak into Impact. It's obviously going to leak into AEW because he brought that up in his promo. He said that this is going right. to be the era of the Undisputed Elite and the Bullet Club. So some type of joining with them. Like it, it's it's really awesome. And I think that seeing Jay White kind of be the leader at like all of these different locations is going to be really interesting to see because you've never really seen anything like that, at least in this generation here. Um, so yeah. I'm definitely excited for that. And again, just I thought the show was really good. Rustin Dantaku, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, you had a lot like four titles changed hands that night um you had you know chase owens winning his first belt for his first title ever which i thought was really exciting for him um obviously the returning of jay white he hasn't been there over a year um them doing everything on the anniversary of the bullet club was really awesome as well and again it just it kind of makes me re-energized and definitely excited to see what's coming up here um at dominion g1 and here in the future as well like, like marching towards like wrestle kingdom super excited awesome um man thanks chris i really appreciate the super chat thanks for supporting the channel as always we actually talked about this fight earlier so if you want to send something else um we definitely will answer it for you um but i mean basically we we believe that oliver is going to win um let's see here yeah we basically believe oliver Mm -hmm. is going to win so uh Go ahead and send something else if you can. Like, doesn't have to be a super chat, but send something else and then we'll answer it for you. Um, so I want to talk about this because I want to talk about two people, in my opinion, um, that really are the core focus of the future of New Japan. And it's Jay White and it's Will Ospreay. So with Jay White, as the guy, the leader of the Bullet Club, what he's doing in my opinion, I feel like Jay White's kind of lost momentum. Now, he's starting to gain some back because he's facing Okada and stuff. But, like, going to Impact didn't do anything for me, plus the whole pandemic stuff. Like, do you feel like Jay White should still be the focus of the company? Um, 
I mean, I agree with you with him losing a little bit of momentum, and the pandemic was really big on that because he couldn't go to Japan, Brutal. so he was here. Yeah. And I mean, it's only so much. I, I I watch New Japan Strong. I enjoy it, but I know it's like I'm like a handful of people that probably watch it on there, and then a lot of eyes mm-hmm. were on there. I would probably say more eyes were on him when he was an impact. And even then it's not really that much. So he's definitely lost that luster for sure. But I, for me, just because of not only his, and that's not taking anything away from Will Ospreay, because I think Will Ospreay is a good promo, but just like the wrestling combined with like the talking, I think he should probably be the guy that you should focus on for sure. Um, Of course, if they want to go with Will Ospreay, I don't have any issue with that, but I don't really know what direction that they're playing to go yeah. with him. Like, I don't know if they're going to bring him back to the world heavyweight title picture. I would assume so eventually, but you know, I think that they're for what's happening with bullet club. And again, like stretching across all these companies, I think they're focusing for sure um, on Jay white, which it, it probably would be for the best, at least right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing with Will is he's wild style. Like, you know, he has this match of the year and then you find out he had like a broken neck and you're just like, oh, okay. I, it's hard for you to be able to rely on him. Like I understand Very. that part. Um, but with Jay to me, like he, I don't get juice for his matches. Like to me, Jay is a total hit or miss type of guy. Some of his matches can be boring as sin and some of them can be, really good it just depends on what's going on for me man any osprey match i am ready like he i get pumped i know that i'm about to get a hell of a show he he always goes out there and delivers so that part of me like like even losing osprey versus tanahashi was a huge downer for me on that card like i really wanted to see that and i'm curious if osprey would have won the u.s title and is that the plan going forward you know what i mean like i i don't Mm -hmm. know um, and, and personally, I think Osprey would be a great U.S. champion. Like, For sure. it's not as big of a title. He can go out there and defend it, kill it, have great matches, even have a reason to face people from outside companies because they right. want a shot at his belt. Like, I think it's perfect. So, um, that is, uh, that, that's some pretty crazy stuff. But, um, I guess with Jay... And, like, to me, the Bullet... So, here's the thing of the Bullet Club. Like, New Japan owns the Bullet Club. But in my heart of hearts, like, the Bullet Club is the elite. Like, I can't get past and and look at that as an actual Bullet Club for me. It's like the great value version of the Bullet Club. Like, it doesn't really feel the same. It doesn't... It's just not the same to me at all. So, it's almost like... If you run it back with them, it's like Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. I'm not a big fan of the undisputed elite either. Like no. I feel like they should be fighting each other. They shouldn't be mm-hmm. together. And it probably will lead to that, let's be honest. Um, but it, it's just interesting of kind of where things are going to go in the future. But if you had to bank on it, because I still feel like Okada is probably going to be the guy all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. I don't think yeah. Jay's winning the title. I think this is Okada's year, basically. This is the yeah. safe bet to get them out of this mess. And then maybe when things calm down and everything's back to normal, then we we do a title change. Yeah. And, Oka- and Okada's going I'm, in there. I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, I, I no, definitely agree with that because Okada's going in there and just like just straight up beating dudes. Like before, like he, he would have back and forth. 
couple Rainmakers, couple Tombstones, kickouts, and everything. But now he's just going there, just beating dudes, and he's yeah. beating Naito a couple times, and he like he's like almost like no nonsense. And I definitely feel like they're doing that to make sure that he puts back on this pedestal of like, yes, this is the guy, this is our champion. He's already defended that new belt more than anyone else. Um, and, and again, it, yeah, it might be the safe pick, but it's always going to be a quality pick. He's always going to go out there and, and, and give you a match. Like I've always said, you know, th- that question comes up on Twitter all the time. Like who's in your Mount Rushmore wrestling for me, it's Austin, it's Michaels, it's Brian Danielson and Okada because everything like Okada, I didn't grow up watching Ric Flair matches. I saw them obviously on the network and like on video and everything. So I yeah. didn't grow up feeling it in the moment, but everything that I heard about Ric Flair, I see it in Okada. So I I think he's definitely like one of the best for sure that I've ever seen. And I feel like, yes, he's absolutely safe pick to go with for sure. Going back to Jay White. um, Yeah. His matches can be hit and miss. I can definitely see that with people. I'm a huge fan. Like even like he was in ring of honor as like a young boy. So like like that guy, the shooto match or whatever that he had at Windy city. Like, were you entertained by that or? To who? Oh, oh, uh, show, uh, Imuno. Yeah. Um, I wasn't necessarily entertained by that because I have seen Shota's matches, some of his matches yeah. in Ref Pro, and he's he's not that good. Like, we, okay. we were all excited about him. Like, you know, we was yeah, like, like boxing. I, I, and he, I guess I was blaming Jay because I'm like, I'm not seeing this. This is not great, and it is what it is. But I mean, but I've seen Jay be good, so I'm not saying yeah. Jay isn't good. Like, and I've definitely seen like when Jay is pushed with the same quality of talent, he can definitely go out there and have some great matches. I just feel like it's just kind of been flatlined. But I mean, honestly, like with Osprey as well, Osprey's only really been relevant based on what he's been doing in the U.S. and that hasn't been a lot. Like just New Japan strong stuff and stuff like that. Like he hasn't been able to do a lot. And what is your thoughts on the United Empire? Because personally. I almost find them more interesting than the Bullet Club. I just don't necessarily like all the talent that is in there. Like, I only think there's a few that really work. Like, I'm a fan of Jeff Cobb, and I'm a fan of TJP in that group. The tag mat, the tag team, maybe. Great mm-hmm. Ocon, and then uh, what is it, Ayare or whatever? Like, no. Like, those two can go. I... It's an okay group. I mean, like you said, I like the individual talent more than I like the group itself. Um, yeah. TJP is like hit or miss. Like, I just, it's not a big deal. Yeah. TJP, but I do like Jeff Cobb a lot. Great Ocon, I've started to come around. I absolutely hated that guy. You asked me a year, a year and a half ago. <laughs> don't even talk to me about Great Ocon, but I've been coming around he's, a little bit. He's my sure. sing. He's my sing. Yeah. But I, I, <laughs> I like the fact that Osprey has like a group. It just kind of puts more I agree. behind him. And just kind of gives him more of a light for sure. So I definitely like that. Um, the one comment I was going to make is when I watch Jay White, it's very much like new age, triple H almost, because he's very cerebral in the ring. And like you said, if you put him in there with the right opponent, you're going to have like a really, really awesome match. If you don't, if he doesn't have someone he can work with, it's not going to be all that great. And I feel like Triple H yeah. is kind of like that same way for sure. Yeah, uh, obviously, I, I, enjoy, I like I enjoy his matches a little bit more than Triple H just because he can go out there and really have like a really nice strong style match. Um, but right. again, you know, yeah, those are the two the two foreign guys to kind of focus in on. I don't know if they're going to bring in anyone new on here, so I, I feel like those two for sure. You know, I, I don't know if you're going to end up turning one of them. It would be nice to see them wrestle each other, but you know, obviously they're both heels right now. Um, maybe we'll get something like that in like the G1, but yeah, they should definitely 
those those two should definitely be the focus. If you ask me, I'm definitely picking the Bullet Club over the United Empire. But again, I like the fact that both of them have like really strong units behind each other. Yeah. And I honestly feel like if Osprey is actually ever going to become champion again, because personally, I'm really surprised they actually pulled the trigger. I honestly never thought that he would get there that quick. When Ibushi was champion, like I did not feel like Osprey was going to win that title. So when he won the title, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then he's feuding with Shingo and you beat Shingo. And I'm like, oh my God, like they're going to make Osprey the guy. And then like, boom, out. And it just, it sucks. And I, I hate it because he's hit that mountaintop. So to me, if he's ever going to do it again, he's got to beat Okada. At some yeah. point, he has to beat Okada. He's never beaten Okada. There is a story there. And at some point, he has to beat Okada for the title. Definitely so, for sure. One thing I wanted to mention, I believe the um, Capital Collision, I don't think they're streaming it on Fire. Are you serious? Because obviously they had those issues with Windy City. Yeah. Like, as long yeah. as I've been ordering stuff from Fight, which has been many years, and I've ordered, yes. I've ordered a couple of the the um, the the pay per views that have been outside of Japan, and you know little ticky tack things here and there, but nothing to the yeah. point of Windy City was awful experience. And oh my I, God. I, I was going to ask so, but I was going to like, do I really want my refund on here? I want to help the company out, but damn, like yep. this was not a good experience at all. And it definitely, especially the main event. And how awesome that main event was, and that for that thing to kind of freeze yep. at like weird times in there, it definitely hindered me. But I, I maybe because of that, they're not streaming it on Fight. From what I've seen, it's not so on this, the calendar. So this is my guess: is Fight guaranteed them that they could handle it and told them mm-hmm. that oh yeah, no problems, no issues, and then that happened, and it was like yeah, we can't, we can't go move forward with this. That's just completely unacceptable, and like I. They're not even charging that much either. That's what sucks. Like I could talk, I talked people into buying that show. They've never seen Will Osprey wrestle before. They'd heard about him, and like, yeah. man, I had to hear it from like, dude, this thing is like terrible. There's no yeah. way I'm ordering another one of these. So it sucks. They are definitely um, that. The, it's a weird time right now too, though, because it's like they're trying to do their own thing in the U.S., which I think is kind of cool. It's like almost like what ring of honor was supposed to help them with. They're just now doing their own thing. And I, and I think that's somewhat smart because there is a fan base out there for these. And honestly, I know tickets weren't looking too good. They're looking pretty good. now. I think that show's going to sell out like the, the head guy of new Japan posted what the tickets are looking like now. After they announced that match, I think, I think they're going to sell out. Plus, the, it's only it's only going to help with the AEW and New Japan right. working together and tickets going on sale. It's like, dude, if we're going to watch that show, we might as well go see this show live. You know, if you're in that area, so like, I think right. that's only going to help. Yeah, I um, I and, believe from what I saw when I went on to New Japan World is that they are, <laughs> I don't get it, they're streaming the show, the Capital Collision on New Japan World. But of course, it's only in Japanese, and I think they're charging for it. I think they're charging Bro. for it because I went to the page and it said, "Purchase, click here, purchase." And I didn't because if I know if I clicked it, it'll immediately charge me because that's all they were probably yeah. do. But yeah, I think you have to pay to watch in Japanese on on New Japan World, which 
honestly, so it, it gets to the point. I don't want to skip around, but um, your guy Chris yeah. asked a question. He he put another one in there about do you think the Forbidden Door will help New Japan get a major uh, a streaming deal? I would love if there was an opportunity where if AEW got a streaming deal with like you know HBO Max, that's the one everyone's kind of pointing to. If there was a possibility, like Dynamite and Rampage are on New Japan World for people in Japan to be able to watch. Is there a way that they can license their stuff to HBO Max? That way we get the New Japan content, like the live stuff or even like the the back catalog. We get that on New Japan. That would be really on HBO Max. That would be really sweet. Instead of them trying to do their own thing, because this app that they have on Fire TV sucks. Like yep. it's never been good. It's 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 barely yep. functional at best. Yep. Um, I use the website. I stopped I've using, using it. I gave up. Man. Yeah, I use the website because I know how to navigate it after all these years. I know how to get around it. But like, they have to have something to make it more accessible for the people to be able to watch. So hopefully, what they can if do they had? Uh, what if they let like they use like the Honor Club and gave it to New Japan, like the built-in thing for that? Like, I don't know how all that works, but it's not good. the app is already all. there. All that stuff. Like, I'm just trying to think of a way that we can just get a freaking app. Like, this should not, this is 2022. There should definitely be a way to get an app. Impact Plus works perfectly. Like, right. I find myself, like, every, like, I don't know, six months or so, I'll give them seven bucks just to go through the, the feed for Yeah. Them. And it works yeah. fine. It has no issues at all. Like, why can't you just call that company up and, like, hey, can you guys just, just build us an app so we can put some stuff on there? Yeah, it's it's definitely for me. It's been the thing that's been the most hinder for them to be able to grow here in the states. Just get something really simple for people to be able to use. I, I agree, and like you're gonna have all these people that have never seen this stuff fall in love with all these wrestlers, and they're gonna be like, "All right, I gotta go to this website, and I gotta choose English to watch this content, and then I need to go and find out what's going on here, and then I can only watch it through this website." Okay, like that's a mm -hmm. lot to ask. Right. So, yeah, I'm 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 with you there, um, man. I, I so okay. Let's talk about the Forbidden Door. Like we think we're getting CM Punk and Okada, correct? It should be, and I'm tired of hearing yeah. people say they want CM Punk versus Kenta. I'm me so too. tired of it. It it, it because it makes me feel the same way that I felt when I heard that we could potentially get Austin versus Owens. And granted, it turned out fun, and I have no problem with yeah. it. Everyone wanted to see it just because it was Stunner versus Stunner. And that's what yeah. people want to see when it comes to this is just because it's going to be GTS versus GTS. I don't care what anyone says. Kenta's GTS has always been the most superior one to Punk. There's nothing to settle with that. He's already said right. he, took the, he took the move from the guy. He's already mentioned that. There is nothing. There's no feud. There's nothing to sell here. So I don't need. Yeah, maybe in the future I, I will take it if they want to put on like Dynamite yeah. or something like that. Yeah, for I'm sure. all for it. But for, for like sure. this pay per view, there's so much more that you can do on here. We're, this is I not agree. GHC Junior Heavyweight Championship Kenta anymore. Like this is like 2022 Kenta. So I want to see Punk versus their best guy, and w I, th I think that would be an incredible match. And I really want to see that for sure. So yes, I would. I would definitely say Punk Okada. So you think for sure we're getting Punk versus Hangman? I mean, Punk is winning versus Hangman at Double or Nothing. I don't know. 
because I don't necessarily think that you would want to do title versus title. Now, that's the thing. I don't even know if the titles are going to be on the line. Would it just be a non-title match? Would, you know, if Punk wasn't right. a champion, would if Punk loses to Hangman, is he going to turn right around and have a championship See, match against Okada? Like, that doesn't... I don't know but my thing is, is if you're going to get AEW fans to invest that have never watched New Japan, I think putting belts on the line would help. For sure. I really do. I think it would get people to be like, oh, I got to actually watch that because the title's on the line. You know what I yeah. mean? So I'm not uh, I'm not sure um, if it would be title versus title or if it'd just be the champ versus the champ to find out who's the best. Because right. Okada really can't speak English that well either. So, like, I don't know how they would just sell this. But um, I think that it's going to be – Okada versus Punk just because United Center, Chicago. Like, I don't see how Punk is not the headliner of this show. All right. He's already hinted at it. And I don't I think agree. He would hint at something that he doesn't know is on the horizon. So I, I think that's the way to go. And like, a scenario for me would be like, I would like to see Punk not as a champion. He would lose to Hangman. And we can talk about that here in a bit. But um, yeah. Punk would, would face. Okada for the IWGP title and Okada would beat him but then I would have maybe like Hangman face like Tanahashi because Tanahashi's been talking about a long time that he wants to fight Hangman because he's seen him grow and everything so something like yeah. that I, I, I would like to see for sure my number one dream match in wrestling is Okada versus Danielson like I want to see that for sure but that's right. going to happen in Japan and honestly it, it really should happen in Japan so like if you want to have Okada beat Punk here and then Danielson wins Versus Kato over there, something like that would be nice. The politics are going to be interest, interesting to see, but I mean, it's it's exciting, honestly. It's exciting who to have is, these thoughts in your head. Who is the A side of like AEW versus New Japan? Uh huh. AEW, like hundred percent. But if but you ask New me Japan, ago, believe that. I feel. I don't know the guy. I don't know Obari at all. <laughs> uh, but I feel like Obari's probably a little bit more smarter than Harold May was. Mm-hmm. Harold May was the worst. Mm-hmm. Harold May and his stupid teddy bears there in the mud. Great. I'm glad for that. There but, might not even be an AEW if that guy was uh, wasn't the uh, the head over there. Like I think he pushed a lot of guys out. So because he was trying to put himself in the forefront. Yeah. I remember his first video of him coming out of a shower. Yep. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, like, like and then he like tried he's to, James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> he tried to insert himself in the uh, the G1 storylines like two years in a row. I'm just like, dude, not at all. Either way, Obari seems like he. He understands that these guys are like the top, so we need to rely on them to be able to boost themselves up. So yes, a hundred percent, I feel like AEW is the 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 A, the a side here. Mm-hmm. So if you could have singles matches, because I only think we're gonna get like maybe three out of this whole thing. What what big singles matches are you looking for that you think are pretty doable? I would say. Okada Punk, Hangman yep. Tanahashi. I don't know if they'll do Tanahashi and Moxley because maybe this four way at this show is using that to save to to get because we 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 need to get the Tanahashi Moxley match. It was supposed to happen at All Out, and it's just kind of been postponed so much. So yep. I don't know if they go that route again. I would love to see Hangman versus Tanahashi. Um, as far as a third one, I don't know. It's been interesting. Again, I just I felt like they're going to do a lot of tag matches. So. 
I try not yeah. to fantasy book too much to get myself excited, but I mean, the possibilities are there. Like if you have like a Shingo versus gosh, who's, who's one of their guys that you can be able to use on there, like Shingo versus somebody on there, it will it'll definitely be good. But I feel like he might even do like a six man tag or something with LIJ versus like, you know, Blackpool Combat Club or something like that, which at first I didn't right. want them in a match together yeah, on uh, on Forbidden Book. But I'm leaning towards, I mean, it just depends on who it's going to be against, but I wouldn't be opposed what to it. What if them. it's, I, I feel like it could be United Empire. I think it could oh. be United Empire versus Black, Com, uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Just because Osprey and Moxley kind of have their beef. And listen, before Brian Danielson ever signed, he was a big fan of Osprey. He wanted that Osprey match. So I know that he's wanted to wrestle him. Uh, he's also wanted to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. I think that's, to me, if, if if it was me, I want Brian Danielson in a singles match. He's too yeah. big of a name. He he has too much of those dream matches that he never got to face in um, New Japan to, to not do this. Right. So, like... In a perfect world, it would it would be Okada CM Punk. For me, it would be either Osprey versus Brian Danielson or Hangman. I think either one of those would be sick. Um, and then you could do Tanahashi and Moxley. I think you could do all those, and it would work. It would get the crowd freaking buzzing. And then you could do the Bullet Club and Undisputed Elite. Um, you could do. The, the tag match sucks just because like they're who, who's the champions in chase owens and the other guy uh oh for they, oh yeah uh battle of folly so like the them versus ftr does absolutely nothing for me god versus ftr is is the match like if you're yeah. gonna do a tag match that's the match you have to make plus if there's no belts on the line it's easy match to make Sure. So G G O D versus FTR, I think, is a pretty good bet unless they want to do belts versus belts. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be pissed if it's like Scorpio Sky versus Will Osprey. That's a waste. I would be pissed. That's yeah. not a dream match. Um, unless, unless it's the titles on the line, and it would be awesome if Osprey took that belt. Oh my god, I would just yeah, it'd be fantastic to fit yeah. it every week. <laughs> Like I'm gonna be representing because that that belt has that belt has absolute lost steam um, for sure. Oh. So they need to have somebody on there to build it up. I, my dream is Danielson winning that and just beats everybody week after week after week to build that. We we back need up. we need a RVD TV title ring, like yeah. a guy that is like one of the very top guys that defends it all the time. Like right. I think it, that is what you need. You need to look forward to that. Um, but yeah, there's just hopefully Abushi's ready by then. So he just put out a video. Like he just put out a okay. video that said he's expecting to come back soon. So a lot of people think you, it's Dominion. You, that that's big if if you get Abushi on that card. Mm-hmm. And then what is Kenny's Kenny's I'm not expecting Kenny to wrestle, but I feel like he's gonna have that Rob Van Dam moment at least where he comes out, maybe Show lays up. out a challenge, yeah. something. But sure. he's gotta he's gotta make his presence known. There's just no way you can have that show without Kenny Omega. And I think if Kenny was healthy right now, uh guaranteed sellout. Like hundred yeah. percent. That thing is done. Um, so do you not think it will sell? It's not gonna do you not think it's gonna sell out? See, I don't know. I, I think I think the show will sell out, but I don't think it's gonna sell out in, in a minute, in like minutes. I, I think you can get tickets if you want tickets. 
But there's some people that swear that this thing is gone the moment it's on sale. I'm 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 done doubting them because I said the same yeah. thing. Like, yeah, we might at the yeah. end of the weekend or so. You might still have like those upper decks or whatnot, but right. I could easily see this thing for sure selling out on there for sure first day because it's super exciting. I mean, this is something well, that we've it, been wanting for so long. Well, and it's also one of those things that there's a lot of people that haven't done anything since the pandemic, right? right. And so, like, this is like the the, the go to flag being like, all right. We're good to go. This is the one you want to go to. This is the one you've been saving your money up for. This is it. You know what I mean? Right. Especially if you don't have WrestleMania. Yeah. Right. If you don't have tickets to like double or nothing, that would be the one to go to for sure. Yeah. And so for me, I'm more leaning towards all out just because I feel like Kenny could possibly be back. But I think honestly, what we're looking at is damn near a year that Kenny Omega will be gone. Like from full gear till almost full gear, Kenny will would have been gone, yeah, and that would have that stuff that he had, man. All that stuff that's going on, he should. Oh, take for sure. Take the full year. Well, and the fact that they were even talking about like, oh, it's three months, he'll be back. Like, oh, okay. Right. Like, no. Like, mm-hmm. and then I remember when he was talking to Dave, and he's like, yeah, you know, I have a knee, and I've had vertigo, and I, uh, I need vertigo. a sports hernia, and all this other stuff, and I'm just like. You're not coming back because, like, right. you explain it, like sports hernia is like ten weeks. I'm like ten weeks. That's like two months. That's like three months. If you do this with the knee, that's another three. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, Kenny's right. not coming back, sure. and that in a normal company would have crippled you, like destroyed mm-hmm. you. And this thing is just like, oh, we still got CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Adam Page, and we keep signing people, and we keep having great matches, and people are excited. We have Darby Allen, and Sting likes to do crazy stuff now, and we got the Hardy Boys, and it's just like, God dang, man! Like, there, there's that's the one good thing about it is it's just like there is no way that they just have like nothing. To give the fans there's always right. something there's always a dream match you're sitting at home and then all of a sudden you get a notification that it's going to be ray phoenix and dante martin and no one <laughs> right you're just like oh well that's that's fantastic i'm excited about that yeah so, by the way that owen hart tournament i don't know if you've sat down and just looked at the people that are in there like this is going to be ridiculous. really really like there's some top top names that are in this tournament yeah and i think just yeah. because of how slowly it's been building up I haven't really sat down and looked at it, but I was like, I looked at it today, like, we got Samoa Joe, we got Adam Cole, we got Darby Allen, we're probably going to have Jeff Hardy, we're probably going to have Ray yeah. Phoenix in there. Like, yes. this is some really, really good names. So, like, the next couple of weeks when they start to do those tournament matches, like, this is going to be insane. Yeah, see, I have I have uh, Dynamite tickets May 18th for Houston, so I'm hoping that I get, like, damn near, like, a semifinal or something close that to should, that. So. Yeah, that should be it for sure. Yeah, so like um, one of the interesting ones, and this like hit me. I was just like, I I could have swore they did a little small graphic at the bottom of the screen of Samoa Joe and Kyle O'Reilly, and I'm like, dude, they're gonna do Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly, like that's fantastic. And then I think that especially the way that Jeff Hardy's like, and if I win, you could get matches like me versus Darby Allen. He was marking out like, like oh, I could wrestle right. Darby Allen. That was really so cool like. Sense. So, so I think that's going to happen. I think they're going to yeah. do it. And um, yeah, it was funny too. Like I said, when I met Jeff, I was telling him like, if you're going to do this, like with the videos and everything, like he's black and white, your color, the creativity you can do there. 
you can just see his eyes light up like, yeah, man, like appreciate yeah. it. Like wanted to shake my hand after that. You know what I mean? Like he appreciated that. I understand where he's coming from on certain things. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's always been kind of a dream match for me, but I don't want just a little throwaway 12 minute match though. You know what I mean? Like I want something with some substance. I think that's kind of the hard thing. Like I really hated the idea of him and, Sammy and Scorpio doing another ladder match. Like, I just like, you already had a five-star ladder match with Cody. You need to leave that alone. And then it's like, well, we've got, you know, uh, ladders wrapped in barbed wire just because, because we have to up, we have to up the ante and it just didn't fit the story. It didn't make sense. And not only that, Sammy has become such a natural heel that he just made man of the year baby faces. Right. Like and that, Dan Lambert. that is <laughs> Dan Lambert is now like a, on the side of with baby faces talking about how Sammy isn't living his life right and all this other stuff. And people are agreeing. And it's just like, this is bizarre. Like, what yeah. happened here? I mean, they and definitely turned like, pretty hard on that, especially like they're on Triple A and <laughs> he's oh. coming out there with the crutch and everything. And like they're winning the titles. Like he's Pac Man Jones. He doesn't do anything and wins the championship. Man, I got to tell you, I have not given luchadors enough credit for learning how to sell because they clearly are not taught that in Mexico. Like, that was some of the most ridiculous stuff. And then what the hell was that finish with the Young Bucks and El Vikingo or whatever? Like, the ref counted to three. I don't know if he was supposed to. I don't know if he was counting out. And then the Bucks just, like, pinned him for, like, a 12 count. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And... He's not even knocked out. Like, I can understand he's knocked out, but he's literally just standing there while they're holding his leg. And I'm just like, what is this? And he, I, I heard he hasn't lost him forever. So it's like, he looks weak here. He can't even kick out of the Young Bucks. Like, what are we doing? Like, uh, man. AW is running the wrestling world. Like, if you turn on a show, an indie show, whatever, if there is an AEW guy on there, an AEW woman on there, they are winning the match. Like, right. it's like it's, there's nothing like you're gonna see like Willie Uta's facing this guy. Well, guess what? Will Uta's gonna win this. Dante Martin's gonna yeah. win this match. Thunder Rosa's gonna win this match. And again, I mean, I think Tony has that pool right now. Honestly, like it's it's the biggest thing. So he, he's gonna he's gonna get that credit. He's gonna he's the 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 A company when it comes other than WWE. He's the A company in regards to everything else in wrestling. Yeah, he's definitely got the A side. I'll 100 give you that. Like and. He's earned it too, man. I mean, let's be honest. Like, no, and don't you feel like that there's just been a lot of people that have been like programmed for the way that wrestling has always been that they're not even willing to think with an open mind that you can do things differently? Like, mm-hmm. you're, especially you're seeing this from these like dirt sheet writer guys, right? That are like s- supposed to have everything figured out. And then when they didn't know Punk's ROH theme song, they were embarrassed. Or like the the all of a sudden you know they didn't have the same format of how normally a champion would win a match or whatever the case may be and it's like they try to take it out on AEW for their lack of knowledge or for their idea of what wrestling should be right you know Being lazy, and, so you be open to learn something else like yes you might like not know it and just learn it like it's they're just, like why would that you. guy why would he take a pin he didn't need to do that you could have done a dq you could have done this you could have done that because you don't have to do that and right. as long as the guy is protected 
he can still look like a million bucks and lose. And, and we've seen that over and over again. I think AEW is so good at protecting people. And, like, we were talking about Malachi Black, but, like, would it shock you if, like, he had a Lance Archer-type moment to where, like, Adam Page is looking for his next challenger and then all of a sudden the lights go out and Malachi Black is in the ring with CM Punk? And, like, yeah. it would be believable. And right. Punk and, – and, and people would be behind it, you know? And you can do that with damn near almost anybody on the roster. If you when Nakamura came out and t- started talking to Roman Reigns, it was just like, well, what are you, what are we doing? Like this is a and what was it for? Like what what did it lead to? Like anything? Nothing. And everyone thought it was supposed to go to at least a backlash, right? And now we have a tag match. So I mean, like, did they not like what happened with their promo? Or, I mean, like, it, it. What was the point of that? You know. And this is why I can't watch that show because there's no like. Like I'm watching something, I'll see something for a week, and then like the next week or the week after, it's completely different. Oh, they just dropped it all together, and it's just like, why am I wasting time with this? And it's funny because I was like, I thought for sure, like, okay, yeah, Nakamura, no chance whatsoever. But like, okay, it makes sense. A little fill gap. He lost his tag team partner. They're trying to repackage him a little bit, get him a little bit more of a believable rub that he belongs in more of the mid card main event. So yeah, sure. Have him face Roman Roman wins and maybe in a tough battle. And then they're just like, nah, never mind. Like, what is that? Right. So yeah, definitely frustrating. Um, how that goes, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting too, because AEW is really only does, you know, like after double or nothing, it's usually right to, uh, your chill mode for a while and then you build up all out. Right. And now it's like, we're going straight to the forbidden door with, mm-hmm. after double or nothing. Right. And so that, that is going to be exciting and that is going to keep people's attention. So right. I definitely give them props. For that. Do you think we're going to see new Japan guys on dynamite attacking people, anything like that? Or do you think it's mainly going to be just like, online promos and announcing matches and how do you think that's going to work i think someone like obviously like jay white will still show up on there any of like the american talent would be on there i think okada they should probably just save for the pay-per-view so that way people like oh this is the guy and you make him special because he's wrestling punk or you hope he's wrestling punk so you keep him special on there maybe you have like a tanahashi show up just because he's his face has been on aew tv before um it would be nice if like osprey showed up but again it just kind of depends on who he's wrestling um, but again, I, I think that you'll definitely see like a lot of Jay White and then everyone else just kind of save them for the pay-per-view so that way you can feel like a little special for sure. Um, but it's exciting. Again, I you know, I feel like that rolling into G1 and, you know, I don't know if you're necessarily going to see a lot of AEW guys in G1 at least this year. Um, hopefully, I think it, it might be like the Wheeler Yuta situation where you're going to get like one. Well, if they, because I know like Danielson said he doesn't want to go over there until they can start cheering. And hopefully like in the next couple of weeks or so we can hear something like that. Because if so, if they can start cheering during a G1, that would be awesome. I feel like if that was the case, then you can afford to send like Moxley and Danielson over there because they're a tag team. So like, you know, you don't want to just send one over there because then you can't use the other. So you might as well just send both of them over there. So to see like Moxley and a Danielson in the G1 would be like really sweet for sure. Would you put them in different blocks too? That would make sense. They wouldn't have to face each other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would too, but that would be dope. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And what's so fun is like, it's just, 
there's no limit to this. They can do whatever mm-hmm. they want to do. As long as they can come to an agreement on something, everything is is good. And I really think that Rocky Romero kind of being that middleman with New Japan definitely helps because he has yeah. so many friendships with a lot of those guys. And it's it's a it, it's definitely a good partnership. And a lot of those guys have worked New Japan before. So it's guys that they somewhat trust too. So um it's I, just I see this thing working. It's just like a kid dream for me of seeing this. And like, like yeah. how many times did I sit in fourth and fifth grade scratching fantasy matches between WWF and WCW in a notebook and just like yeah. fantasy book and all this stuff. And granted, it might not be at that level, but for me, it's still super special because these are two companies that I love to see. So I'm very excited to see what they have here in the horizon. Well, what's interesting too is it's like, you're not getting prime new Japan, right? But based on how well this goes, it can take new Japan back mm-hmm. to that prime spot. And that's sure. kind of the exciting thing for me is just, just even after the windy city show, like, yeah, that show sucked like pay-per-view feed wise. Right. But I felt a little buzz with new Japan, you know, and then we're heading into their show that they just had last weekend and then we have Dominion coming up, and then there's the Forbidden Door, and then we got the Washington DC show. And it's like, okay, now things are starting to roll. And I just feel like it's okay. So, like, do you think that there's certain matches that should be done in Japan and not in America, and vice versa? Because to me, Kota Ibushi and Kenny has to happen, and I don't know if America is the best spot for it. Like, the crowd-wise, phenomenal, but I think that they'll really want to tell an emotional story, and I think Wrestle Kingdom makes a lot of sense for that match. Yeah, I would do that in Japan. I would do, even though we've seen it four times, I wouldn't be mad if they go back to Okada and Omega, but that should happen here for sure. I agree Um, with that. Just because we've seen that um, so many times over there. Um, like yep. I mentioned earlier, I really feel like Danielson Okada should be in Japan as well. I just feel like him in front of that crowd wrestling, um, you know, wrestling against Okada would be nice. And maybe we can get Danielson versus Tanahashi. I would like to see more Tanahashi matches here and probably more Okada matches over in Japan for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, you, you, like, you, like you said, like having like an Omega and a Lushi, even though it will be nice to see here, having that over there, like a big time match, especially like Wrestle Kingdom or something like that would be really good for sure. Well, and it's one of those things too where like if the American audience doesn't really understand that story, they could be really like vulgar and loud and it just wouldn't it wouldn't have the same impact in Japan in, in, like it would in Japan in my opinion. I just think it would be a much more emotional story driven match in Japan. That's how I feel like when I watched um, a couple years ago when they did the Young Bucks versus Golden Lovers, like it was yes. a good match for sure. But I would have liked to have seen that in Japan and that atmosphere with that production because the productions are not the same when you shoot here and you're shooting over there. Um, so yeah. I would like to have seen that within that atmosphere because I think it, it could have been like even like even better match for sure. And I love that match, even oh, yeah. in, even in the states, I love that match. You know, a match that I think is just criminally underrated that nobody talks to, and it was just like a road to uh, New Japan show, but um, it was Osprey and God was it Tanahashi? Yeah, I think it was Osprey and Tanahashi versus the Golden Lovers, where Osprey did the backflip and freaked out Ibushi mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. top top. 
Dude, that match is so good. If you go back and watch that thing, it's so good. And then uh, Osprey and Ishii also tagged together against the Golden Lovers, and that was really good too. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't really talk about that. Like, there's there's been some really good hits there. Um, but yeah, I also would love love if they could find a way to do Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. in the UK as well as Osprey versus Brian Danielson in the UK. Yeah, like if they could find a way where it's like back to back nights and maybe when they them. when they go when AEW goes to the UK, yep. that's like that would be a good time to, to bust that match out for sure. And they would do that like in a soccer stadium at that cottage place that uh, freaking Tony keeps talking about. Where college, yeah. Soccer, yeah. Like to do that match in there would be phenomenal. I don't think Brian Danielson would ever want to retire after that match. Like he would <laughs> right. just be on cloud nine. Right, um, for sure. I think that you had mentioned, uh, not to bounce around, but you had mentioned uh, yeah. like New Japan Road 2. The Road 2 for Dynamite, like, Love that it. had to be one of the best ones they've done. Like, it, like for does I, does I, it I, not I, give you catch point vibes? As far as what the the the, the black the combat club, yes. Like yeah, to me, it's like a well organized catch point. Like mm-hmm. way better leader, right? With yeah. William Regal, um, more of a mentorship. Uh, but like it, it reminds me of catch point from Evolve. Yeah, it was just awesome. Like. I'm excited for, and that's the one thing I love about AEW is that I'm excited for Dynamite every single week. Like, yes. it, I don't think like the only time I was just thinking the other day, the only time I would say I was not excited for Dynamite is like the that Wednesday when everything hit the fan with COVID. Remember when like the NBA shut down and yep. everything? Because you could feel yep. like even before that happened, you just felt something was going on that day. Oh, and I wasn't super excited for that particular show, but but I remember fan, Cody. I remember Cody welcoming us, welcoming us to like a completely empty arena. Well, not even that one. It was the week before. Because the only thing I remember okay, okay. was that this is when Lance Archer debuted. Remember when he just randomly walked out in the crowd? And yes. Everything just felt off on that show. Yes. For sure. and again, That's where like they were like beating the crap out of Darby at the end. And I'm pretty sure it was like in Utah. Like yeah, that was City, the yeah. last mm-hmm. one. And like they were beating the crap out of Darby. The inner circle was... And like that's how it ended, and then like the next week, it's like Cody in an empty yeah. ring. Such a but wild. Either time. way, like again, I'm excited every Wednesday. Like literally, legitimately, I'm excited for the show. Um, it doesn't have to be yep. the best car. I just get a new dynamite, and I'm excited for that for sure. But watching that road too, like it just like shot my interest level up on the show like tremendously. I don't even think the card is all that great. Um, I agree. But after just watching that, it's just like, dude, like it did its job, and like I'm super excited for. It. I can't. Which wait. is why people want these on the actual show. Like if right. you watch that on the actual show, you feel. But I mean, think about all the commercial breaks that they have to take mm-hmm. during matches, and you're gonna have to find ways to get that in. And it's tough to do. But I, I highly recommend Road Twos. I watch yeah. them every week. They're incredible. It's like getting a pay-per-view every week. And some of them are just like bangers, like love video packages. And some of these are like, well, and you can kind of tell where things are going because I remember watching the road Two for battle of the belts. And I didn't think Sammy was going to beat Scorpio sky. And after I watched that, I was like, I think Sammy's going to win. Like the yeah. way that they're putting it over like that. I'm like, I think Sammy's going to win. Um, and he won. So there's times where they drop little hints and kind of show you where they're heading and what they're going. So I definitely 
recommend like right now Wardlow is being built up a lot in these row yeah. twos. So he's got W uh, Morrissey tomorrow. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. And that's to show you that they work with impact as well. It, well, and that's my thing is like I don't want Morrissey in the company like no, to sign no, long term. No, no, no. But I think it's cool and it makes sense yeah. like for a bounty, like for MJF to hire, just like to randomly have a Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho match was one of the coolest things that it showed that AEW is literally up to doing anything. Right. I I loved that whole thing, right? And now Nick Gage is fat and barely can wrestle, and like none of that would do any good. But like there was there was a moment, right, where like Nick Gage was like at a super high and they took advantage of it and it right. worked. So props to them for that. Because that's another thing, too. You gotta strike while the iron's hot. And that's that's a big part of wrestling in general, is just are, is the crowd ready for this? If they are, then let's give it to them. Don't let them hold out forever. Don't let them get burned out. Don't let them lose interest. You know right. what I mean? Like, find ways. And and to me, after that CM Punk versus MJF storyline, the right move was to give Punk the title. Like, Absolutely. I think Punk's going to win. And I think I think that we and, and I kept telling Steven this because he's just like, well, MJF's the next guy. MJF's the next guy. But I'm like, man, you only have Punk and Brian Danielson for so long. MJF's mm-hmm. 25 years old. Like, if you're going to do this, you got to do this now. Right. MJF's going to be there. And as long as he waits, he'll still be ready, right? Now, who knows how much of it, of it is legit that he would leave for the WWE think a lot of that is like just hearsay but i also wouldn't be surprised if he left either but at the end of the day in my opinion you have two of the greatest wrestlers of all time when it comes to like legacy of like independent wrestling ring of honor the whole nine you have them in your company you have to take advantage of that i think both of them should be champion before they're done and to me cm punk coming back to pro wrestling and earning the world title and becoming the champion again is a very special moment for pro wrestling. And I just don't think you can turn that down. And I, and I think Hangman's a great opponent for him. I think Hangman is capable of a great match. And that's another thing about Hangman, right? Like, I remember watching Hangman in New Japan and Ring of Honor and always seeing, like, the ability, right? right. But the matches never were, like, oh, Dave's going to give this one a five-star. Like, it never mm-hmm. felt that way. Like, yeah, he can moonsault off the top rope to the outside, and he can do the buckshot. He can do a lot of cool stuff. But, man, now Hangman has bangers. Like, right. his matches have been great. So I think he's improved tremendously as a singles wrestler. Man, I mean, because, like, his tag match with Kenny versus the Bucks is one of the greatest tag matches of all time. It's probably, still the, best. It's probably still the best yeah. AEW match so far. Right, and it's probably going to be forever before it's top. But, I mean, I think he's earned it as a champion. A lot of people don't like the way he's been booked. I just think that they're trying to put so much on the card that they're not about just bringing out the champion just to say hi to the crowd and right. to put him in a in a six-man tag match or a three-man tag match, like to make sure that we just at least get him on TV and he's wrestling every week. That's not yeah. how they book. He's an important stuff. And then you look at his resume. He beat uh, Omega. And in my opinion, this is hindsight 2020. 
he really should have beaten the way Omega had all of those injuries. He should have yep. beaten Omega in like 10 minutes, honestly. And I feel like it would have come yeah. off like a lot better on there if he'd have just gone yeah. in there and just destroyed Omega. He's a champion. And we hear all the stuff in Omega's like, okay, that kind of makes sense for sure. And I feel like that would have been a little bit better for the story versus right. like your, you know, your 25-minute match. But either way, he beat Omega. You know Kenny Danielson. though. Kenny's Kenny's not right. going out there for 10 minutes. Right. He, he'd have to, he'd have to be dead. Right. <laughs> he beat Omega, he beat Dragon twice, he beat um yep. Lance Archer in that crazy match, he beat Adam Cole yep. twice. Like the resume yep. is really, really awesome. And a lot of people are saying, like, this is not gonna be Hangman's, you know, definitive championship run. He's gonna get the title again. It's probably gonna be even better than what we're seeing right now, just because he's gonna be able to grow as a wrestler from there. But just talking about right. like his resume and like the matches he's put on and who he's beaten, and if somehow he beats Punk as well, like that's a murderer's row of talent to go through for your first world championship match. So I don't necessarily agree with people when they say they don't like the way he's booked. And like you said, you want to showcase, you, you want to make sure that your, your world champion is special and not having them out yep. there every week is a way to do that for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, he kind of dropped the drinking gimmick too, which was really a big thing that got him over. And so for him to still be over and having great matches and not being out there as much, like, you got to give the guy credit. Like he's done, he's done really well. He brought it back and, a little bit the other week, which I was kind of yeah, I know. About. Yeah, I was like, but, okay, whatever. but if you're gonna do him and Punk, like that's a Makes that sense. would make sense. You For know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So hopefully they kind of do more of that. Honestly, um, you know, maybe even he offers him a drink in the middle of the ring, and that really sets Punk off. You know what I mean? But right. there's got to be something there. They clearly were planning to do something when Punk was doing commentary, and then he he got the right. virus or whatever, so he couldn't be there, and they had to rewrite the show. But I feel like we're gonna get that face off between Punk and Hangman that'll be that'll be really good. So I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Any other things you think we're going to see in Double or Nothing? I don't know. I've literally just been looking at that championship match. I don't really know what they're going to do about the tag titles. Like it's it's time. Like it, it yeah. like it's it's time to get them off of yeah. uh, Jurassic Express for sure. I don't know who's going to. It take looks it. like Christian's turning heel finally. Uh, which yeah. I mean, it's been a super super slow burn. I don't know if that or yep. the uh, Julia Hart thing is going to be slower on there, but. Eventually, you're going to get to that point for sure. And honestly, it's going to be interesting because once they they break those guys up as far as like a tag team and if he has to go to this feud with Christian, like, are they going to keep Luchasaurus? Like, is right. this somebody going to end up resigning? Because you see like Stu Grayson apparently is going to be out of the company now and yep. you're just going to start to see this more and more. But, you know, it's interesting, honestly. You know, it, it, these guys got options. You see like people at NXT, like, you know, Malcolm Bivens, and then you still like Dakota yes. Kai. They got, they've turned down contracts because there are other yes. places they could work. So it's exciting to see where some of these people are going to land. What do you, do you think that the AEW currently has room for the Dark Order? Has room for them in a sense of filling up time for AEW Dark? Yes. Room for <laughs> them to do something on TV? Probably not. Like, I feel no. like it peaked or at least it plateaued yep. with the Hangman stuff. And it was awesome. Like, they Hangman had a group behind him, people who were really behind him versus the people who were fake behind him in the Elite. So that was really cool to see. But once he won the title, it was like, he doesn't really need them anymore. And then you have Johnny Hungy and all these guys. I don't, you know, it's not... I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, maybe not on the TV show is as needed as much from there. Again, the good enhancement talents to have on like AW Dark and everything, but on the TV itself, probably not for sure. 
Well, but some of those guys are me. some of those guys are definitely good. Like you know, I would definitely keep like a, no. like a John Silver and Alex Reynolds. They're a good team for sure. No, like they're good, right? But like, would they be better off on Impact? Would they be better off in other places than AW? Because I just feel like at some point, like they're only going to be able to take like the elite of the elite, like right. the the roster the and the free agents that are out there. Like if you, and if you're going to mix in New Japan. This ain't 2019 anymore. Like mm-hmm. we don't have a huge spot to just join the dark order and all this other stuff that they were doing. And the moment that they separated Hangman from the Dark Order, that was kind of the Dark Order's funeral, in my opinion. Like yeah. they had already lost a lot of momentum from Brody's death. And then when Hangman separated from them, like to me, the Dark Order is as valuable as its leader. And if they don't have one. There's really no point for them. And if you remember, the original tag team, the Super Smash Brothers, were called the Dark Order. That's who they were. And then they had all these freaking 30 people or whatever that dressed all in black follow them around and do all that weird stuff and interferences and all. But, like, one of them's gone now. So what does that do with the Dark Order? You know what I mean? For sure. Absolutely. And you have other factions that are starting up. You know, House of Black is starting to grow little by little. Blackpool Combat Club will probably add some people in there. If they added, like, a female, like, Serena Deeb or something like that, I feel like that would just be yeah. like, really, really awesome to see. So, you have these other guys. You know, Team Taz is I like is still that there. she's facing Thunder Rosa as well. I yeah. think that's a She cool got a really thing. good promo on the road, too. And, like, I, I feel yeah. like she's super valuable in there. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, you have these other factions on there where, like, if you have like a dark order, they might not be like even like you know, I have best friends over dark order. I, I feel like you know, they, they're probably at like the bottom of like the, the rankings when it comes to like the factions in the company, right? Like, even like well, James I mean, Baddies might be above that at this point, honestly. Well, and I mean, the thing is, too, though, is like you look at Tony and like he'll kind of put over people. But the writing's on the wall. That like, if you haven't seen these people in a really long time, they're probably not coming back. Like, right. he might say these nice things, but like, like, what what are we doing with Sunny Kiss? Is that happening? Is that a dark? Are we going to development forever? Did it sound like a good idea at first, and now it's not? Like, there's just certain people that they signed Peter Avalon, and you know, just a bunch of people like that that don't really fit anymore. And yeah, and I definitely thought they may have been like on a different spectrum. Like Peter Avalon was definitely got I me. Mean, he's like developing. He can go out there and have a decent match with someone on there for sure. But Sunny Kiss was brought in there. He's working with like, I don't know if he worked with Cody, but I think like Dustin and everything. And I don't yeah. know if it's something where you're just not seeing like the development of the talent ahead of time, maybe like a big swole or something like that. And I don't know. I mean, he's featured on Dark and whatnot, but you just don't necessarily see him on, on TV that much. And yeah, it's going to come to a point where it's like, is it still worth having these people in here? Is like this project still worth working on? Similar to like a, uh, Anthony Agogo or something like that. Like, yep. is it worth I, I was thinking working exact with this same thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that's definitely something that he'll have to evaluate here, especially with all these contracts coming up too. Yeah. Wild times, man, but exciting times. Definitely. Like, I remember there was a time where I was talking to you and you were like, yeah, man, I'm going to probably go to this WrestleMania or whatever. And then you're like, I'm not probably not going to watch wrestling anymore. I think I'm done with it, you know? <laughs> and now it's like, I need to get to Chicago so I can go yeah. to the freaking Forbidden Door and 
right. like, I'm I was just thinking earlier, I, I haven't been to a WWE show in five years. And like, I couldn't wow. fathom that years ago. Like, like every year, I'm going to at least one show every single year. I don't care, but I haven't been yeah. in a long time. It's like, I'm not like I'm itching to go to one because we have so many right. options out here. It's just so wild. Like, I just remember when we were at the point where it was like NXT and it was like, this is it. Like, this is as good as it's going to get, right? Yeah. Because everything else, like, we'll watch New Japan on the outside, maybe Ring of Honor here or there, but they're pretty terrible at this point. And, like, NXT, I'm just going to watch takeovers and hope WWE pay-per-view is decent. Like, that's what our future is. And to where we are now, it's just mind-blowing. And just everything is easily accessible. Like you said, there's... Yep. IWTV out there, there's fights, there's so many streaming services that you can be able to go to, and it's just like an abundance on there, but honestly, I would take that more than anything else, because not having to rely on turning on your TV on Monday or Fridays to get your wrestling feel, um, I'm, I'm I'm super okay with that. Like, if I don't have to watch WWE, like, I'm, I'm more than fine with that. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, it just, it, it's so exciting because you get dream matches that out of just nowhere, right? Like, there was Malachi Black versus Davey Richards a couple months ago at Prestige, and it's just like, right. oh, okay, you know? And then, right. like I said, you just you all of a sudden are looking through Twitter on the timeline. You're like, whoa, that's this Alex Shelley's right. facing who? Oh, okay, you know? Right. Or Dante Martin's doing what, indie? Like, yeah. down here in I New Texas, it's going to be Dante Martin versus ASF. And, like, that's crazy. That's the kid that had that's that clip like, that was going around a couple weeks ago, right? Which one? ASF. He had that clip going around um, a couple weeks ago. Then like Jericho. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where okay, they yeah. slingshotted him off the ropes and he did their yeah. Huracan Rana and all that. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I see ASF all the time. And granted, they've all kind of been here and there now because they're getting booked. Like Ninja Mac right. isn't really at Loco anymore because he's in Japan. And um, But, like, you know what's weird, too? Like, Loco wrestling is, like, just – Crazy. You saw the kind of riot thing. Did you see that that happened with the Kiefer Bartek and Sam Stackhouse? He won yeah. because Brian. Okay, so like at Loco Wrestling, Sam Stackhouse was the champion. Um, Dante Leone was the champion before that. Sam Stackhouse mm-hmm. is the big fat guy, right? And uh he beat him. And then um it was Kiefer Bartek is the guy that runs New Texas. And he showed up in like some battle royal at Wrestle Rave or something and ended up coming away with the Loco title and set the Loco title on fire. Now, mind you, at Loco, it is BYOB, right? right? And people bring huge coolers. I mean, hard liquor, whatever you want. Like, it is Jeez. not like just like they'll be giving like the, the luchadors tequila, like pouring shots for them and everything from the crowd. Like all this like crazy amounts of alcohol is there. And they even get free beer. They have like a guy that walks around and gets free beer and they throw in like vodka jello shots that they give oh, to the geez, crowd. During dude. This sounds like a disaster, man. <laughs> dude, it's, it's like in the middle of nowhere. So nobody knows what's going on. They don't care about regulation. Guys are going mm-hmm. getting high in the outside. Like it, when they say it's loco, it's loco, right? Mm-hmm. Like low key has been there, which is the funniest thing in the world to watch him sit there and like watch a death match. It's just, it's, it, he watched Jimmy Ray or Jimmy um, Lloyd versus Jimmy Lloyd. 
terrible guy. I mean, just a total spot monkey, no clue what he was doing. I could just see him disgusted. It was so funny. But anyways, <laughs> Kiefer Bartek found a way to win the title. Well, Brian Keith is the new Texas champion, and he helped Kiefer win the title, and he turned on Loco Wrestling. And they threw in all this crap. They were throwing chairs. And, I mean, this building is teeny tiny. It's like where the GCW events are held. And they were throwing alcohol and just throwing bottles. Like, it was damn near like a little riot, right? Yeah. And uh, that now, like, Loco fans are showing up to New Texas on May 28th to, like, try to sabotage that show. And they've got, like, this little rivalry. But anyways, hmm. my point is, it's like the next Loco is in July – and Christopher Daniels is supposed to be there. Like, yeah. I don't know how that is going to work. Um, Fuego is supposed to be there as well, so we'll see how that goes. But you might get some strong performances because they know the guy that books the talent is coming to the show. So, like, hey, like we gotta we gotta do our best to make sure that we can stand out for him. So you might get a good show out of that. Yeah, like usually they go all out. Like it's a pretty good show, and like they bring pretty decent names. And like I said, with New Texas, I mean they've got. That you know, I I was able to see um, uh, Lee Moriarty and and guys like that before uh, they got signed to AEW from New Texas. So they uh, the, to get Dante is a pretty cool one. They tried to get Daniel Garcia, but he had to cancel like last minute. But they usually have some pretty big names, so it's pretty cool. That it's something local, but it's not in the best best area. So I don't yeah. always go. I don't always want to risk it, but. When there's some cards, you just you gotta go no matter yeah. what. Well, we don't have that. We don't have any special indies or anything at all. But <laughs> luckily, with me being on the East Coast, I can easily travel to certain things. So if like something yeah. big, like New York or something like that, it's a train ride away. It's not too bad. And there's always going to be something around that area, mm -hmm. which makes me. Do you think All Out's going to be in Chicago as well? I don't think or so. Think like I, I feel like at least if they were smart, they would probably move it somewhere else. I would hope maybe like Toronto, because like I want to see yeah. something like like a big crowd or something like that. I'm really curious if they're going to do Grand Slam again, or if they're going to maybe yeah. run that a pay per view. They should definitely run that building again, but I don't know yeah. if it'll be for a Dynamite. Maybe it'll be for like a pay per view or something like that. So. But yeah, I the think they, thing, did, they should switch up on all out the, the location. They had to cancel full gear from St. Louis to go to Minnesota. So I wonder if they want to try to run that back. Because it was like, like full gear in, in St. Louis. Or all out, because it's not Chicago, but it's pretty close. Like yeah. they're they're only like four to six hours apart. So I, I don't know. But I but it does make me curious because like I said, they had it booked. It was done deal. And then uh, something happened. The UFC and Canelo was on the same night. And then they couldn't get that same building. So then they went to Minnesota. So maybe I, something like that. I feel like, yeah, I feel like for All Out, either like like a stadium show in Toronto or maybe like the um, Arthur Ashe, just because the day before is when WWE has that huge show in, yeah. in the UK. So you would want to hopefully like match like hey okay we saw that you did that like now we're actually going to put on a great show in front of all these crazy fans on there so hopefully it's something like that yeah no that makes sense i'm all for it i i, I don't think that they should do chicago every year like i know it's tradition but it's a fun city too like, when people travel in there it's a really awesome city yeah honestly i've never been um so i i can't like crap on chicago i don't know anything about it but i just when you only have four pay-per-views, like 
share the wealth. Everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to get a shot. I know why they picked Chicago, though, because, I mean, it's just like a guaranteed sellout, especially when you have CM Punk. I mean, it's just right. – it's a no-brainer, especially if he's going to be the champion. Like, that's a big draw. But New York definitely seems like a place that they should run an actual pay-per-view at as yeah. well. They should definitely go I, back to that building for sure. I think, though, that it's it, it literally has tennis at that time in September. I'm not positive, but I, I heard that. that like, so the U.S. Open tennis. is normally like the like the first part of like the, the month. So like with the okay. um, Grand Slam last year, it was like on the back end of September on there. But yeah, either gotcha. way they can get it fit in there, it, it would be nice. Because again, they need to, that building was awesome the way it looked on TV. And that's the one thing is like, I'm excited the fact that not only do we have Double or Nothing coming up in T-Mobile, which is a huge arena, but like the yes. the next show, the next Dynamite is in the the, the forum. So it's that big 10,000 yeah. people in the forum. They're going to have a crazy rampage, which is almost like 10,000 people done that Friday. So the yeah. run shows they're about to have. The Bucks returning to their hometown to actually do that one, that's going to be a big deal. They're yeah. probably going to have a huge match on that show. And and also, like, just just – to California, that's the first time they've been, right? So they're going to get a big buzz by just mm -hmm. finally going to that area. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of good stuff. And plus, every time that they go to, like, a new market, they try to bring a pretty big show. So yeah. they, there should be some awesome stuff. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited, man. Especially coming off, even coming off of a pay-per-view, you know that Tony's not going to, like, put his foot on the break or anything at all. Like, yes, like nope. we just had a crazy pay-per-view, but guess what? We have this 10,000 people here. Like we're going to give them a show as well. So it's going to be nuts for sure. Especially like once all this like NBA playoffs and all this other playoff stuff dies down, then, mm -hmm. you know, they'll pretty much have their way and get more buzz and people get right. excited and it'll, it'll be dope. Or even then that might be the show, like the coming off of double or nothing when you bring the new Japan, like, so if you want to bring an Okada out, that will probably be the show to do it. Cause especially it's going to be a little bit easier for them because you know, the flight from LA to Japan, yeah. to Japan to LA might not be too bad. So that might yeah. be the show that you want to bring those guys in. So that way you have a huge show coming off the pay-per-view on there. So very exciting. Yeah. That would be sick. Just, uh, yeah. I just, if Okada debuts, like just out of nowhere, I just hope it's a crowd that like really knows who he is and appreciates him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't debut them in like Wyoming or something. Like yeah, debut <laughs> right. in like Smart Mark area, right. right? Like Smart Mark area. Oh my God! You know mm. like that would got to do it. All right, man. Well, it's getting late, so I appreciate you sticking around. We definitely had yeah, a lot to cover yeah. and uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I like to talk about New Japan because. It was one of those things that, like, I never even really gave a chance until probably 2016. And it was like, I paid attention to it and stuff. But when Osprey signed, that really got my attention. And then, you know, you had Kenny Omega, the Bullet Club, Okada, and all that stuff. And it's just like, ever since then, I've been paying attention. So, yeah. um, I'm just, yeah. it, it just feels like a rebirth almost. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's been gone a while and now it's back and it's exciting yeah. it's, times. It's coming on 10 years of me watching. New Japan because I started yeah. January 2013 so it's been really exciting just kind of see them like you know rise up and everything and obviously they have like their cool down period when it comes to like COVID and everything but yeah I definitely think like it's on the horizon for sure to, to kind of get back to that point so it's super exciting all of wrestling honestly yeah for sure I mean even WWE to a certain extent they they'll have a little thing here or there especially with Cody there I mean if it's Cody and Roman 
and there's a legit shot that Cody could win, I think that that could be an exciting thing build up for the summer. Like there's some cool stuff just all the way across the board. No yeah. telling what GCW is going to do. No telling what Impact's going to do. Impact keeps getting a better roster. Um, just a lot of lot of cool things. A lot of great things going on in the world of wrestling. A lot of names out there as well that have to end up somewhere. So that's going to be exciting for sure. Show. For sure. All right, man. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you want to plug anything, you can go ahead. Uh, just uh, on Twitter, the real classic. I'm always talking about basketball and wrestling. Um, I try to stay away from social media so much just because it's just it's such the wild, wild west out there, man. You'll yes, lose your mind is. looking at all of that stuff. So if you look at me, I'm literally just going to live tweet Dynamite, live tweet Rampage every now and then and probably talk about some basketball. So other than that, you can find me there for sure. Yeah, I need to take your advice sometimes. Um, you guys can follow <laughs> me on Twitter in my talk successful. Um, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, like I said, uh, sorry we missed last week. Definitely appreciate all of our live listeners. Um, please hit that like button if you haven't. Please give us a subscribe, share this out. And me and Steven will be back next week. And we'll catch you later. Bye.